RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. It is fight week here in Knoxville, Tennessee. I am your host, Tim Loy, joined as always by my co-host, Justin Watson. We got Greg Hopkins joining us again tonight. Gentlemen, it is a, a packed show. We've got, you know, there's some weeks where it's, you know, a little sparse, and there's some weeks where it seems like there's just a lot of shit to cover. And we got a lot of shit to cover this week. We got, uh, obviously, like I said, fight week. It's Valor 56 this weekend. We've got a full fight card preview for that event, which goes down uh, by the time this thing drops. It'll be tomorrow night, uh, Friday, March the 1st, at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's going to be a great night of fights. Make sure you check that out. And uh, we've also got our picks for the big UFC 235 pay-per-view this weekend. It's a pretty loaded card itself. So excited for that. We're going to recap our uh, our action on UFC Prague. And uh, we've got one interview tonight. We're going to talk to Jordan Weeks, uh, the other half of our co-main event. We spoke with uh, Charlie Alexander last week. Um, and he is going to be facing Jordan Weeks. Like I said, we'll be talking to him uh, here tonight, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? You guys ready for uh, you guys ready for this weekend, Justin? You'll be you'll be there judging as always. You uh, you, you ready for this? I, I, could we see the return of the open scoring for the amateurs? I'm hearing. Yeah, man. And um, I hope we I hope we do the open scoring. I haven't heard anything about it yet, but um, hope uh, I hope so. It's going to be a stacked card for sure. Uh, yeah, I've got word that we're, we're doing open scoring for the amateur fights, not the pro fights. But, uh, yeah, it should be, should be fun. Greg, you'll be there calling the action uh, on uh, color commentary, uh, wherever that may be. I, I haven't gotten word yet if we're going to be on flow or not. I, I, we were talking like it was it was sounding like it was a done deal. And then today I got word that it wasn't quite a done deal. So, um I will find out. I hope. I think by by the time this drops, we'll surely know. So either check it out on Flow or not, or you'll hear Greg call the action. You ready for this weekend, Greg? Yeah, I'm ready for this this Cotton Eye Joe card and the and the USC card. This whole weekend's packed full, man. I'm excited about it. We're gonna need Monday to recover from our uh, our weekend shenanigans. I think. <laughs> All right. Well, before we dive into all that, let's let's get our uh, our interview kicked out for this week, uh, and let's get Jordan Weeks on the line. All right, on the line we've got one half of your co-main event coming up tomorrow night at Valor Fifty Six. He'll be taking on C Four Charlie Alexander, another one of my favorite fighters here. We got Jordan Weeks on the line. How's it Gordon uh, going tonight, Jordan? Uh, it's going pretty good, man. Uh, just chilling. How, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good, man. We're getting pumped for this weekend. Uh, I know you're cutting weight tonight. We, we're recording this on Wednesday night. It'll drop on Thursday. So uh, right about when folks are listening to this, you will be stepping on the scale, prepping for that uh, tonight, though. And, uh, you know, you're, you're a guy that's fought a lot of, of, of his fights at 170 pounds. 
coming down to 160 pounds for this one. And you're, you're kind of one of those guys that would really probably benefit from that 165 weight class, I think. Uh, talk a little uh, yeah. bit about uh, what we can expect this weekend, man. You're taking on a, a tough guy, uh, Charlie Alexander. I don't know how familiar you are with him. I feel like you guys may have fought on the same card at least one time in Nashville because you hit that nice uh, that nice submission, a submission of the year uh, candidate yeah. in Nashville. So, you, so you, I want to say he may have been on that same card. Yeah, I believe we were. I remember, yeah, I remember I fought in Nashville when, uh, when I was offered Charles out there, and I did look him up. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was the same card we both fought on. Uh, maybe in his pro debut or second pro fight, something like that. And that was my about 14th, 15th amateur fight at that time. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, from what little, I haven't seen a ton on him, but from what I mean, he looks pretty solid, pretty aggressive. Uh, uh, it looks like he goes in there to scrap. So, I mean, it should be a good fight. It'd be a good fight. Anyone that has seen Jordan fight, I can assure you always uh, you're going to get an entertaining fight out of Jordan no matter what. Very crafty. You know, you're a tall, rangy guy at the weight, especially at 160. You're going to be one of the yeah. tallest people at this weight, you know, around. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, obviously, you know, how you're able to hold your strength, uh, dropping a little bit more weight than, than you're used to. But you're a crafty ground guy. You're, you're one of these guys that, you know, you may be on your back, but you're you're a brown. You're you're at least a brown belt right now. Is that not right? Uh, yes, sir. I got my brown belt uh, back in July. So That's what yeah, I was I thinking. Yeah, you've trained on the you've trained in martial arts, you know, for, for several years. Very, uh, you know, crafty submissions. Uh, so you're you're a guy that you can't count out ever. Uh, and that, that that's what makes this fight really interesting to me. It's a style clash. You've got two very differing uh, body types, if you will, two very different sized guys. And you've got uh, what in most likely will be a, your striker versus grappler situation. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for it for sure. Uh, you know, we last time we haven't seen you here. Uh, since January of last year, uh, made your pro debut at the Coliseum. Since then, you've split a couple fights. In the meantime, you got to win. Uh, looks like uh, middle of last year, uh, coming off a, a, an odd one uh, in your last one uh, under uh, some rough circumstances. Just a few months back, uh, what, what have you what have you been working on? You know, since uh, since uh, since you dropped this last one, you know, anything that you've been uh, you know trying to brush up on and and uh, and improve on, or is it was it a, a, a situation where just the circumstances kind of dictated uh, the, uh, the outcome? Yeah, that one I, I didn't really focus too much on changing anything. That one I think was more of some called the outdoor situation. Uh, so uh, I think that had the biggest thing to do with it. Anyway, I didn't really feel off on it. It was more just the uh, circumstances that kind of surrounded that fight kind of sure. were, were unfavorable. So no, there wasn't really anything I took from that fight, particularly fight-wise, to uh, change up or do anything differently too much. I'm sure you probably want have that, uh, that you want to get that taste out of your mouth, though. You know, you've gone through the oh, holidays. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, you've gone through Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. It's time to, you know, get into 2019 and kick some ass, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm uh, looking forward to 2019. I'm uh, looking forward to getting that, like, like you said, getting that last fight out of my mouth. And uh, definitely getting a good start to 2019. 
let's talk a little bit about uh, your training for this one. You're, you're coming out of the Fitness Edge Camp in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Of course, you got a couple teammates coming out here with you as well. Uh, Fatini Candris will be in our amateur main event, and then uh, another teammate, Emily Keck, on the card. Uh, you know, what's it been like getting ready for this one? You've got some some good teammates out there as well, like Joe Selecki. You know, some world class fighters uh, that have been out there uh, helping you get ready. Talk a little bit about uh, preparation for this. Yeah, preparation has been going great. Uh, like I said, got some great training partners. Uh, you know, and like the Specialty, Cody Jones. Uh, so really good training partners. So uh, and it's pretty much, you know, every day we're going in there. And it, it's uh, it's top of the line training, in my opinion. It's right there. So, I mean, we got several great guys. Uh, so, I mean, too, really, too many to really name them all. Uh, Clifton Davis, Tomorrow Washington, Derek Browning. I could go on for a while about quality sure. training partner. So uh uh yeah, looking forward to it. It was great training. Uh, I had a great camp. Uh I mean I just I don't really do a camp necessarily. We we all just pretty much stay training year round and when it comes down to a fight we may focus on different stuff. So I mean it's it's pretty much just a constant camp. We're just training constantly. What do you what do you see in this fight that that you feel like you can capitalize on? Is there anything that that you see that you know Charlie's game that you feel like you need to worry about? Any you know, or you feel like you're you're the better guy in all facets? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on the actual matchup? How you guys you know when you guys lock up? Well, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting matchup. Uh, you know, I don't like to uh, assume I'm going to be better at any particular thing. I'm just going to go in there and uh, fight my fight. And, uh, just do what I do. So, it. Very good, man. Well, I know you're cutting weight. I know uh, this is probably the most miserable uh, point <laughs> of the, of this whole fight experience. I'm going to let you get yeah, to it, man. but first, I'm going to let you give some shout outs where they're due. Any kind of sponsor love, training partners, anything like that you want to give uh, give some some love to? I'll let you have it. Uh, yes, sir. Definitely uh, everybody at, uh, at the Fitness Edge, uh, all the trainers from uh, strength and conditioning to the to Muay Thai, every, everybody there is uh, making show. Uh, I got a couple sponsors, uh, no BS, new uh, NOBS Nutrition. Uh, they got their uh, Dirty Line products. Uh, stuff's awesome. Uh, Corey Steele with Steel Home Improvement uh, Team down out of uh, Columbia. Uh, those guys have been with me for a while, so uh, I appreciate those guys' help and uh, definitely look forward to a good turnout here. Once again, this has been half of your co-main event coming down. Uh, he's coming down uh, from from Myrtle Beach to Knoxville. Uh, actually, probably he's just arrived here today. Looking forward to it, man. He's going to be taking on Charlie Alexander once again tomorrow night at Valor 56 Fight Night at the Joe. Make sure you check it out. If you can't uh, be there live and in person, stay tuned. We'll, we'll be on uh, probably Flow Combat, maybe not. If not on there, we'll be on the Valor Facebook page. So you can watch this fight, my gosh. And uh, Jordan, we appreciate the time, man. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you real soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Big thanks to Jordan Weeks for taking a little bit of time uh, from his weight cut uh, before he gets ready for the co-main event. He's in uh, against Charlie Alexander uh, coming up tomorrow night, hour 56. And uh, just a little a little context. Uh, we were talking about his last fight for, for those that weren't aware. His last fight was in November and it was freaking outside. It was uh, it was under a tent in uh, in his hometown there in Myrtle Beach. And oh, wow. It was uh, like I said, it was outside under a tent. It was cold. It, it got down, you know, in the in the 40s, I think, that night. And uh, Jordan, you know, fought really hard for two rounds against a, a tough Nick Martino, who we're familiar with and will be main eventing this card, at, uh, oddly enough, against Nick Gertz. But, uh, 
yeah, after two rounds, Jordan's body just kind of locked up and he just he just couldn't he couldn't continue due to the elements. So that wasn't really a true uh, indication of what he's capable of bringing to the table. So we'll, we'll make sure this one's indoors for him and we will uh, we'll see uh, if he fares any better against C4 uh, this weekend. Looking forward to it. Uh, so now. We'll get on to our recap of last week before we get on to our previews for next week. Uh, before we get into the UFC Prague, did you guys catch Ken Beverly on LFA? I got to see the highlights of it. I, I was working that day, so I didn't get to, to see the fight. But, um, man, it seems like he uh, might have gotten a decision stolen from him on that one. Yeah, they jobbed that kid out, man. Uh, but well, Greg, did you get the? Did you? Well, no, I know you didn't get to see it because we were talking. Did you get to? Did you get filled in on it? Yeah, I've heard all about it, and uh, I mean, God bless him, man. That sucks. I wish that you know he'd get a little bit more respect than he got out of that fight, you know. Yeah, it was sad, and and honestly, I I, I expect more for a, from a promotion like LFA because uh, for those that don't know, essentially Ken got stranded in Charlotte. Um, his flight was there was a lot of winter weather and flying into Minnesota. He got stranded until the day of or the morning of the weigh in. He flew out there and pretty much immediately had to weigh in after cutting weight in Charlotte. I think he, he missed the weight. Um, and by I don't think it was by a lot, but he did miss the weight. Um, so it kind of got off to a, a screwy start. And then uh, he, he fought hard, man. He fought a guy named Nate Jitterman that's. That is a, you know, he's a prospect. This is a guy out of Rufusport. He's the hometown guy up there, and he's tough. He's, he's fought for LFA many a time. He's on the UFC's radar, I'm sure. And, uh, man, he gave that guy all he wanted. He won that fight. Uh, he, he won all the rounds, in my opinion, honestly. And uh, it was one of the weirdest things I've seen. Uh, they, uh, there was no, there was, there was, it didn't appear that there was ever any official warning before the referee Took, took an initial point for Ken uh, hitting to the back of the head on Jennerman. Nothing too bad, nothing too powerful. Um, but he stood him up, took a point with, without any official warning from what I could gather. But if we look past that even, uh, just not long after the, they were found themselves in the same position, uh, to me it appeared that Jennerman was, was turning his head into these shots um, in an effort to essentially just turtle up. And uh, another one landed questionably. They, uh, they, they stood him up, and this time the referee took two points. So three points uh, <laughs> taken in one round. I, I'd never seen that before. And uh, even still, uh, going to the end of the fight, I thought, you know, they take these three points. This is probably going to be a draw now um, because I thought he won all three rounds. The first round was kind of close-ish. But uh, one judge had it the way that I saw it, and that was a draw. Essentially, it was, uh, I guess it would have been 28-28. Or no, uh, it would have been 27-27. Yeah. But the other two judges had given a round to Jennerman. So there's no doubt that the, that the point deductions played every bit into the outcome of that fight. Uh, and, man, they, they, they jobbed the poor kid out, honestly. You know, commentary – uh, essentially, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, stereo cast him as a hillbilly, you know, and it was really just, uh, I don't know. I expect better. I don't know your, your, your thoughts, uh, Greg, what do you think this was, uh, uh, how does Ken come out of this in a way? If I feel like, like nationally, as far like reading tweets and stuff like that, I feel like the, the, the general viewing audience on television kind of sided with Ken. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, just like you said, you Eric Anders of the UFC actually made a post and said, LFA needs to sign this Kim Beverly kid. 
there's a lot of hype about the whole fight, not not just the fact that he lost. Because I mean, you bring a guy into a, into somebody else's hometown, he's expected to lose. You know, that's what they brought him there for. But you don't. I mean, the guy's flights got canceled. There's problems. There's issues with his weight cut. I mean, give him some leeway. Let him in. Make him feel welcome. Be a little bit of hospitable. Don't go out there and then. You know, you're trying to feed him to the wolves, and on top of that, then you're going to cheat him out of a fight. Um, I don't think he, he – I, I know I know, I know that uh, – I know Beverly doesn't want to hear anything about a moral victory, but I think this is a little more than that for him. And as far as his career goes, I think it's all, like, from here on and out, it's going to be positive. You know what I'm saying? Everything's going to be a lot better for him just because of the way this fight was uh, handled and everything. I just don't agree with it. Yeah, I got to say that I'm on the same page as you are there. I think he comes out of this a little uh, a little uh, a little better, honestly. I think his stock rises uh overall and man, he the kid like we said last week, you can't count that kid out. You know, that kid is he doesn't he doesn't know that he isn't supposed to win. And and that's, you know, that goes a long way. Uh, now, going on to UFC Prague. This was um this was an all. Uh, this was a uh, morning card. This was uh, we started at eleven o'clock in the morning on Saturday, and I, I watched the whole motherfucker. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, there was. Uh, it was. It, I, it was a good day for me actually. I did well. Justin did really well. Greg did really bad. Uh, to well, recap, <laughs> we'll start with the prelims. Uh, Demiris Magulov defeats Joel Alvarez of a unanimous decision. He was the favorite there. Then uh, the next fight, I get a little I told you so to both you guys. CDF, <laughs> Carlos Diego Bea, plus 125. Your boy, your host with the most, Tim, takes him uh, as the underdog here. He defeats uh, Rustam Havilov. Uh, who was minus 145 by unanimous decision. Uh, Habibov couldn't get the takedowns, and he couldn't win. Uh, Ishmael Nardiev, however, proved me wrong, and he was a plus 335. He was the biggest underdog on the board, and he defeats uh, Michelle Prezeris, who was a minus 420 favorite uh, by decision. That ended up blowing my my parlay uh, that I had with Isma Gulov and Prezeris, unfortunately. Um, Justin, your thoughts on uh, the early prelims? Anything stand out? Uh, yeah, uh, Fahir, you know, definitely surprised me. I thought that Hobby Love was, was going to be able to just kind of manhandle him. And like you said, you just couldn't get the takedown. Um, and I was really blown away by, by the Perseris fight. I thought that, that that one was in the bag, too. Um, Ishmael came to fight, though. Yeah, that guy, that kid, uh, he, yeah, he's like Kim Beverly. Nobody told him he wasn't supposed to win. And he went out there and, and definitely <laughs> won. Uh, so uh, that brought us on to the, oddly enough, the televised ESPN2 uh, prelims. It's so hard to keep up with all this now. Uh, Demir Hadsevich, uh, minus 120, defeats Marco Polo Reyes by round two TKO. I, I lost uh, on uh, Polo Reyes there. Uh, Julian Robertson, minus 155, defeats Veronica Macedo by uh, round two rear naked choke. And uh, I hammered that one. And, uh, and was was a winner there. Uh, and then we saw Chris Fishgold, uh, a sizable favorite, minus 250, defeats Daniel Tamer, plus 210, round two, rear naked choke. Uh, Justin got down on Fishgold there. And then finally, uh, wrapping up the prelims, it was Dwight Grant, uh, a slight underdog. Uh, he defeats Carlo Pedersoli Jr. by round one, TKO. And uh, yeah, we got a little bit, of, a lot, a little bit more action in the prelims there. Greg, your thoughts on uh, the ESPN two prelims? Okay. Yeah, I was, I was impressed by Dwight Grant's uh, 
that was his uh, little walk-off knockout with one second left in the yes. first round. That was that was pretty amazing, and it just—I mean, all the—I liked—I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed the pre uh, prelims for the most part. Uh, me and you were talking back and forth, and I actually did really good too. Outside of this, like last week, I didn't do good. Outside, I didn't do. I did horse shit last week. I just made one one on one on the cast, and that was MVP. And this past week, I did this week. I did horrible, but I still did good off off the cast. But and you start getting those posts up on the. Uh, on the Facebook page too, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part. But that one, that one knockout right there by uh, Grant was the best one in, in my eyes that night. Yeah, big big win there. Walk off knockout, like you said, with with one second to go. Amazing. Main card: Magomed and Kalaev uh, minus two twenty five gets unanimous decision over Clinton Abreu. I kind of zoned out on that one. But I had, uh, I did have uh, Ankalaev as as part of a parlay that that helped win. Peter Yan gets a unanimous decision as a two seventy favorite over John Dodson. Um, Peter Yan was played by Greg and is part of a parlay uh, for Justin. Uh, Liz Carmouche um, gets a unanimous decision over Lucy Pudilova. I was sweating that one a little bit. I, I had Liz Carmouche as did Justin, and I had Liz Carmouche heavy on the books and. Uh, and I didn't know that they were going to give her that decision, but they did. Thank goodness. And then uh, Michael Oleksie, uh oh man, Oleksichuk, Oleksichuk, I think that's it. He uh, he he uh, gets a body shot, knocks out John Volante in the first round. Volante looked kind of sluggish and crappy. Uh, I, I I took Volante though, and in in, uh, in real life, although I didn't hear uh, Justin did, and he lost a little bit on that one. Um, and then uh, of course the uh, the co-main event, we saw Stefan Struve, the skyscraper. He gets a second round arm triangle submission over Marcos. Rogerio De Lima, who probably won the first round. I thought he knocked him out right off the rip, but Struve gets the win there. Um, I laid off of that one on the podcast. Justin took Struve, and Greg, uh, to his demise, went heavily on De Lima uh, and Hobby Loft together in just an all kinds of shitty parlay. And uh, the uh, Struve, uh, at the last minute, though, and I told Greg, I'm like, man, I've just got a feeling that Struve's got this now all of a sudden, and I went heavy on Struve, too, and I won uh, at the last minute there. Uh, then, of course, the main event, got a third-round knockout from Tiago Santos. Uh, pretty much even money um, fight there against Jan Blockowitz. And uh, that was another one that was <clears throat> I was really up in the air on, uh, but ended up settling on Santos pretty heavy uh, and, uh, and won here, as did, uh, as did Justin. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on the main card that you really started coming up on the main card, getting uh, you know, the, a parlay win with Carmouche and Yawn that I'm sure you were sweating that Carmouche fight too, uh, and then a, a real nice win on Santos. Man, and I, I was sweating the the Peter Yawn fight in the beginning too. He got dropped by Dotson in yeah. the first round, and uh, you know the, that that kind of scared me. And then the same thing with Struve. You know he had a big shot in the first round and came back and won. So count my blessings on those and and the Carmouche fight. John Volante, man, that, that liver shots, it's hell. Um, he got blasted with, with a big liver shot and just couldn't do anything about it. Um, and then, you know, Tiago Santos, you know, like we've said a million times, that dude's just a hitter being up at 205, not cutting that extra weight. Um, you know, might see him and him and old bones after after this weekend. They might line that fight up. I might like that fight better than the fight this weekend. 
I, I absolutely do. <laughs> Greg, your thoughts on How the main card? It went, it went to hell on uh, – well, Haviloff had already blown the parlay, but you really needed the Lima there uh, to get Struve at the end, and I believe uh, that was pretty much the, the main uh, the snooker to your, to, your, to your night, to your day, I guess. Well, before we get into my shitty night, I wanna I wanna see why y'all are counting y'all chickens for the hatch, and y'all are just counting Anthony Smith out of everything, ain't you? Please uh, don't tell me you're putting money on Anthony. You can get Smith. five and a half to one on Anthony Smith if you like it. I didn't say I was doing that. I was just I was just gonna say y'all acting like it already it's already going down. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, yeah, this whole this whole, <laughs> this whole card, this whole main card. Uh, I did pretty well on the books. Uh, I took Thiago Santos. I went. I still went against Struve, but I went. I, did, I took the under for the uh, total, and then uh, I took Liz heavy on the books. And uh, I, 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 I don't know if I. I mean, I'm glad she won because I got the, I got money off of it, but I didn't. I didn't see her pulling it off there. And then Peter Yon, like I told you last week about Dodson, I don't. It's not that I dislike the guy. I'm just indifferent about it, and I don't really like him either because, like, the whole fight, he was so much worried about, you know, Jan touching his hair or Jan doing this, and he's not supposed to because it's illegal or it's frowned upon or it's immorally right. Don't do that to me because I'm John Dodson. I just I just can't really favor a guy that's going to sit there and bitch the whole time while he's losing. And then when they don't raise his hand at the end, he looks so surprised. I was like, you know, but, I mean, I will give him that first round, but the second, the third, I don't know. It's just you got to finish the fight. Uh, and then at the uh, that Stephen Struve one though he's and he's pretty solid stuck to his uh, his decision about not fighting anymore. He's been talking about it and said he ain't changed his mind since. So that was a big deal. Him putting his gloves down in the middle of the ring, a little emotional moment we could have there on the on the card. It was, a, thought, it was good timing for it. Yeah, I thought that was great. I, yeah. I was happy to have, to have taken him and gotten some money on his last fight. I was happy to see him go out like that though. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. That was, uh, you know, I don't think you could ask for a better situation. A guy that's been there for a decade, essentially, and um, and really has has probably, you know, is on his downside. And from here could could just be seeing more losses. It's great, great win to go off on. So let's recap. The standings as we we close out the month of February here, we've got a clear winner. Uh, of course, myself, uh, I had a good week. Uh, I ended up uh, l- losing on Polo Reyes, Volante, and the Ismagul Prezeris parlay, but I won on Santos, CDF, Julian Robertson, and then like a real sweet parlay with Carmouche, Ankalaev, and Julian Robertson. So I finished up 17.29 units for the week and finished at 86.59 units for the month, which is down 14.41, which just won't do. Uh, Greg uh, lost 20 units on Hobbyloft, 20 on DeLima, and then another 20 and a half on DeLima and Hobbyloft together. Uh, but he got five units of it back on Peter Yon. He loses 55.44 units on the week to finish with 18.5 units for the month, which is a 71 and a half unit loss. Uh, Justin uh, lost uh, 10 units on Hobbyloft. Uh, and then five on uh, the Volante Street Parlay, but then from there it was all wins. Uh, Fish Gold, Santos, and then the aforementioned Yon and Carmouche Parlay was real nice. He wins 20.68 units on the week and finishes with 127.53 units 
up 27.53 units from our initial 100 bankroll. So if you followed Justin for the month of uh, for the month of February, you you make you make good money. You did real good. So then Justin is uh, is our uh, he's our February champion. We're all resetting back to 100 tonight. And uh, we'll see if we can do any better. Greg and I have got to, uh, has got our, we've got our work cut out for us. And uh, we're all starting back with 100. And we've got a, a pay-per-view card coming up this weekend. It's UFC 235. And, of course, uh, like we were just talking, uh, this big John Jones, Anthony Smith fight. We've got that. And we've also we've got two title fights. We've got Tyron Woodley, Kamaru Uzman. It's a stacked card. Pretty freaking legit. So I'm pretty pumped for it. I'm happy that we've got Valor on a Friday night so I can just devote my whole Saturday to this. Um, I guess let's jump in here. The uh, prelims are on Fight Pass. They're every, we're all over the place. Sometimes it's the uh, ESPN Plus. Sometimes it's not. It's UFC Fight Pass this weekend. Three fights. We had four. We lost one earlier today. The uh, Marlon Vera fight is off. Um, Marlon Vera it was supposed to fight Frankie Sands, uh, Frankie Sands, and uh, Vera was ill, some sort of illness or sickness has uh, has forced him off this card. So um, looks like we only have three fights now. We've got two female fights to lead off. Uh, we've got the Brazilian Pollyanna Viana. Uh, she's minus two seventy over Hannah Shockwave Cyphers plus two thirty. Um, Gina Mazzani takes on Macy Chasen, who just won the last season of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, it looked really good. Chasen is a very heavy favorite, though, maybe too heavy. Minus 470. Uh, Gina Mazzani comes back at plus 375. And rounding out the prelims, uh, we've got a couple of uh, Contender Series alums. We've got Edmund Shabazian, minus 130. He comes from the crazy Armenian camp that Ronda Rousey's from. Uh, and he had like a big knockout, I remember, on Contender. And he's taken on Charles Bird, who's plus 110. He's already had a few UFC fights, but he kind of the Contender Series all the same. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Justin. Any uh, any thoughts or plays on the Fight Pass prelims? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start it out and hope for a little shockwave with uh, a parlay for five units with uh, Hannah and Macy to get us started off there. Oh wow! So uh, Hannah and Macy, the uh, you, you like Hannah Cipher? She showed a lot of toughness in her. I can't recall right off the top of my head who she debuted against, but she deb- debuted against a pretty. Uh, I want to say maybe it was Macy Barber. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, she was a heavy underdog and she got beat. But man, she showed. I remember she showed a lot of toughness. Like she's like super tough. Uh, would that be your only? Would that be your only? Uh, your only play here, Justin? Yeah, that's it for the early prelims. Just going to parlay those two uh, underdog okay. and a favorite there, see what I can get back on it. Sure. Well, uh, Hannah and Macy together comes back at plus 300. So that is uh, plus 300 on five units um, on uh, one underdog and one favorite. Macy and Hannah, uh, Justin goes five units. Greg, any thoughts on these early prelims? Uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to make any money plays on any of these early prelims. Uh, okay. No, I'm probably not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, I'm, man, I, I'm pretty, I am pretty on the fence about this Macy Chasen and Mazzani fight. I can't bring myself to pay the 470 on Macy 
Mizani hasn't been super impressive though either. So at plus three seventy five, I still don't know if it's any good. I know that the, the line's risen quite a bit on Macy, at least a hundred points probably since it opened. I she, she opened more like minus three hundred, but um, I'm gonna pass too. No plays for me on uh, on any of these these early prelims. Now uh, that brings us to the what's that? I was gonna say that Macy's coming in at ninety four hundred too on a DraftKings. I was just going to throw that out there for anybody who's interested in our DraftKings project. Oh, you think Macy's going to get a finish? You like that? You like I that? Don't know. I, I don't know. She's 9,400 on the DraftKings. That's a lot of money for, you know, for her, you know, UFC, you know, UFC fight. She's only 3-0 and right now. I know she won a big, yeah. you know, she won the ultimate fight or whatnot, but that's a lot of money for one girl. Or one, it's not just one girl, one fighter. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and if you're spinning up that much, you really need a finish. You can't, you can't get it. You can't have no 60, 70 point decision. You know, that's a, that's like a loss. Um, okay, so the the pre the regular prelims, the main prelims, those are on ESPN, big ESPN, and it's a pretty good little prelim card. Uh, we start off with Mickey Gall versus Diego Sanchez. Mickey Gall's minus two sixty five. Diego Sanchez. Uh, comes back at plus 225. We've got Cody Stamen, minus 190, taking on Alejandro Perez, who's plus 165. Uh, we've got Johnny Walker, uh, who's on a quick turnaround. We just saw him knock somebody out in like nine seconds. Uh, he replaces OSP. This was supposed to be Ovin St. Preux in this slot here. He takes on Misha Serkinov. Johnny Walker, the favorite, minus 145. Misha Serkinov back at plus 125. Uh, Walker opened as a, as a much heavier favorite than that. And then the the main uh, prelim is uh, the return of Zabit Zabit Magomed Sharapov. He's a beast. Minus two fifty over Jeremy Stevens. A uh, very tough test. Who is plus two ten? Greg, any thoughts on these prelims? Yeah, I've got a few plays actually right here on all those. I like uh, I like Mickey Gall. I like I like Zabit, and I like Johnny Walker. On the, uh, I'm not going to touch the Perez and Stamman by the Cody fight because that's a pretty tight matchup right there, and I don't know if I can pick between the two of those guys really. But I'm probably going to I'm probably going to make a a little parlay with all three of those guys. Uh, well, I'll take that back. I'm going to I'm going to have to uh, make a single play on the. Uh, what do we have? The Walker and uh, and Kirk under. Um, it looks like the total on Walker and Misha Serkinov is, um, mm, it's not out yet. There is that you can well, bet whether or not the fight will go to a decision or not, but you, but there's no like one and a half or two and a half yet. You, the fight will go to a decision or won't go to a decision though is it's skewed. Uh, it's minus five ninety that we get a finish and plus four twenty that we don't. Wow. Uh, Johnny, well, Johnny Walker's got some pretty good, uh, I mean, pretty good value at minus one forty-five. So, I'll probably go fourteen point five units on Walker. Fourteen and a half in. units uh, from Greg on Johnny Walker. Uh, okay, and what on? Uh, did, you said Gall and Zabit were going to be part of parlays. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to add them on one here in a little bit. Sure thing. Myself, um, I, I see uh, potentially a little bit of value. Um, I think in uh, in doing a parlay with uh, Zabit, uh, parlayed with um, uh, with uh, Mickey Gall, 
and I, I do that with a little trepidation just because I, I think the, you know, the old school fan in me wants to still see Diego do well. And so I certainly wouldn't be shocked, I guess, there in that regard. But um, but I'm going to go with the parlay with uh, Mickey Gall uh, together with Zabit. And um, let's see here. It looks like uh, when we put those two together, we get a uh, minus 260, minus 250 comes back at minus 105. So I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go 10 units on that parlay at minus 105. And uh, that gets us on to our main card. This is on the pay-per-view, and it's a solid main card. I got to give you know, we'll hate on these guys when they don't give us a good main card, and this one's good. Um, we've got um, the return of Cody Garbrandt to open the pay-per-view. Cody Garbrandt minus 165 against a tough Pedro Munoz, or Munoz, sorry, Pedro Munoz. He's plus 145. Uh, we're going to just take these fight by fight here because these are all pretty good. Uh, Greg, any play or thoughts on Cody Garbrandt? Pedro uh, I really like Cody, Cody Garbrandt in this fight, but just looking at his amateur record and he's, he's got, I mean, he's not, he's kind of chinny because he leaves himself open way too much. He's too much of a dangerous fighter for me to put any money on. But if I was going to lean any way, it'd be on Cody Garbrandt. But, uh, I can't put no, I can't bring myself to put any money on him. Justin. I know I got you guys on your heels, but let me go ahead and throw some uh, some picks out on those prelims if you don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, let me take uh, Mickey Gall, Cody Stamen, uh, Misha Serkinov, and Jeremy Stevens all on single plays for five units apiece. Oh Lord, I was putting those into a parlay. Sorry, man. If you uh, <laughs> if you'll if you'll say that again, I apologize. Uh, Mickey Gall, Cody uh, Stamen, Serkinov, uh, and Stevens. Just do a Straight play on on all those for five, and then okay. uh, and then parlay Serkinov and Stevens for five. All right, so five units on Cody Stamen, five units on Serkinov, five on Gall, and five on Jeremy Stevens. And then the parlay you said was uh, one more time was it Sir, was it Serkinov? Yeah, Serkinov and Stevens. Okay, so let's see here. If we parlay uh, Serkinov and Stevens, which is a plus one twenty-five with a plus two ten, you get plus six hundred. Really nice payback on uh, that parlay. Uh, it is Misha Serkinov and Jeremy Stevens, uh, and that one comes uh, once again comes back. It's plus six hundred. How many units on that? Uh, five. Five units and uh, at plus six hundred for myself. From, what's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Cody also uh, coming back. Cody hasn't won in a couple years. You know he, he got beat in uh, 2018 and 2017. He had one fight each year. Uh, you know got knocked out in both those fights. Um, but I, I think that that he's gonna come back with a vengeance and I'm look for him to put away Munoz. So I'm gonna put ten on Cody. Ten on Cody Garbrandt. That's a that's your heaviest play yet. So uh, you must must feel confident in that one. I. I also like Cody, uh, and I and I think that this is a fight that he's supposed to win, and that they want him to win. So I'm going to go uh, with Cody. Also, five units uh, straight play. Uh, moving on to the next fight on this card. This one uh, is a female fight. Another this is a close line here, closest line all night. I think uh, we got Wiley Zhang, uh, Chinese uh, prospect. He's minus one twenty. Taking on Tisha Torres, the uh, the tiny tornado. She's plus one hundred at even money on Tisha Torres, and um, I feel like Torres 
maybe should be the favorite here. I think she's just fought a lot tougher competition. Her wrestling is going to be uh, potentially too much for the Chinese uh, uh, fighter to to handle. And uh, and I personally really like uh, Tisha Torres here at even money. And uh, and I'm going to do that for five units. Uh, Justin, Tisha should win this fight. I feel like that that uh, you know all the odds are stacked for her, but. Man, she just scares me. I don't know. I just I haven't seen a lot that impressed me out of her. You know, when she came up in the Ultimate Fighter, she was, she, you know, she was highly touted and and looked like she was going to be a good prospect. And she really just hasn't delivered all that much. Uh, so I'm going to stay away from this one. Greg. Yeah, I also agree with you guys, but I'm going to stay away from this too. That brings us to our feature bout, and now we're getting to the. To the good stuff, the nitty-gritty, if you will. Uh, ben Askren finally makes his long-awaited UFC debut. They're throwing him into the deep waters right away, but I, I think that's to be expected. He's taking on Robbie Lawler in a welterweight contest. Ben Askren minus 300, and Robbie Lawler comes back at plus 250. You guys surprised by these odds? You think that's uh, those are long odds against a former world champion in Robbie Lawler? Or you think it's, uh, you think it's uh, good value? We'll start with Greg. Lawler's first fight in the UFC, he was 17, and since then he's been fighting just, I mean, motherfuckers. Like, and I'm just going to say this. I love both of them. I love Ben Askren, too. I'm, I'm a passionate, like, my wrestling. Wrestling is my passion, so obviously I'm going to be, you know, biased in this fight, and I'm going for Ben Askren because if you've never seen anybody get wrestle fucked before, then you need to watch Ben Askren. He'll just wrestle fuck everybody. But here's the thing. The odds. I just don't see how they got Ben Askren minus 300 so bad because, I mean, like like you said, the former world champion. And like I said, he's been fighting motherfuckers since day one. Ben Askren, in my opinion, and another popular opinion, has been a man amongst boys because he hasn't fought on the big show and he hasn't gotten his chance. And he's not – I wouldn't say that Ben Askren's in his prime anymore. But, I mean, I'm still going to – this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, – so that uh, Gall, the beat, and Askren in a parlay is what I'm going to do right there. Because I think that Askren, if he can get him on the ground, I don't think that Lawler's going to be able to get up. So, so you said, so you think it'll Askren with who? With Lawler. Oh, with uh, with the beat and Gall, Mickey Gall. I'm going to oh, okay. parlay Askren and Mickey Gall together. Okay, yeah. So those guys are all very similar favorites. You got a 210 and uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Steven, uh, I accidentally clicked Stevens. You want Zabit. Uh, we got Zabit who's minus 250, Gall minus 260, and uh, Askren is minus 300. You get back plus 160 on that uh, on that parlay. How, how many units would you like? 160. I feel really good about that. Let's go, uh, go 10 units on that parlay. On Ben Askren, Mickey Gall, and Zabit, 10 units will get you back 16 units. And I kind of like that one too, man. I, I definitely was with you on Zabit and Gall. And, um, you know, as long as Askren doesn't get clipped, then I, I think I, I can see this going like you're saying. Now, Justin, your thoughts? Sprawl and brawl, baby. I think uh, Robbie's going to stuff him and shuck him and knock Ben Askren the fuck out. Oh. I'm putting, I'm putting 10, 10 units to. To win back some money on on Robbie Lawler on that one, ten units at Y'all plus two fifty. Y'all gonna go broke listening to Justin over? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that that's what they've done so far, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, plus two fifty is a nice return on Robbie Lawler, and and again, hey man, 
that that I, you're probably not going to see Robbie Lawler at that that juicy a price, maybe ever. Uh, you know that I'd be curious to know if he's ever been that big underdog. Um, co-main event, we've got five rounder here, um, and we may need all of them. Uh, we've got Tyron Woodley minus one sixty five. Defending that strap against Kamaru Usman plus one forty five. Usman's been on a tear and he's been calling for this. You know, he's been he's been asking for this title shot. Woodley at minus one sixty five. Again, Usman at plus one forty five. Justin, I got to take uh, Tyron Woodley on this man. Tyron Tyron, I think, is the most dominant uh, welterweight that we've seen since George um, and Kamaru. I don't know. He just I don't know. He, he's just very lackluster. I think that uh, he might sh- try to shoot for some takedowns, but I don't think he's going to get Tyron down. And Tyron's just way too good of a striker. Um, you know, Kamar just can't handle it, I don't think. So uh, I'm going to put uh, five units on, on Tyron. Five units on Tyron Woodley, minus 165 is Justin's play. Uh, myself, I tend to agree, I think. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, Woodley's been fighting world class competition. Um, and knocking him off for years now. This is a big step up for Usman, who, you know, he's probably, I don't, I don't doubt that he's earned it, but I think it's, it's too much. And I'm going to go actually go 10 units uh, on Woodley myself. Uh, Greg? Yeah, I was also going to put 10 units on Woodley myself right there. But no, no, I'm sorry, 16 and a half units. I wanted to win 10 units off that fight because I think that Tyrone Woodley is head and shoulders above everybody right now in the welterweight division. So, uh, and, and, uh, Almost wanted to make me a little Missouri parlay with Tyrone and Ben Askren, but hell, uh, over listening to Justin talk about talk about how uh, Askren's going to clip. You know, I said he's he's been a, a man among boys, a man among boys. He hadn't he hadn't really got tested yet to this level, and that's a big, big, big step right there for uh, Askren. But I think Tyrone's just head and shoulders, you know, over us. I Man, he's he's going to beat him. That's what I think about that one. Brings us to the main event. Say, What's that? That, uh, oh, good. yeah. Oh, you. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Yeah, you said ten. What's that? Sorry, Greg. Go ahead. Yeah, sixteen and a half units on Tyrone Woodley. I'm gonna stay away from the Missouri wrestling parlay with Woodley and Askren there. Though. Oh, okay. <clears throat> gotcha, gotcha. That gets us to our our main event and the other title fight. And this one may not need five rounds. John Jones taking on Anthony Smith. This one's a bit of a. I don't know, a bit of a head scratcher when I heard it, but I don't, yeah, it'd probably still be an action fight. I don't think it'll suck or anything. It, it's it's fortunate to have a very good supporting cast around it as far as the rest of the card goes, so I'm not bitching. But I was a little surprised to see Anthony Smith get this opportunity. Uh, John Jones minus 800, Anthony Smith plus 550. Greg? Uh, do we have an over and under here on this um, one? If, let me check super quick. Looks like um, we do. Over or under one and a half rounds is the total, and over is minus 150, unders plus 125. I want to go 15 on the over. Over one and a half rounds uh, at, at minus 150? Yes, sir. Yeah, 15 and 150. All right. So um, so you, you're, you think that uh, he's going to get out of that first round, or at least um, uh, at least uh, Jones is going to put carry him out of that first round? <laughs> I think that Jones is going to play, you know, play tiptoe on his head for a little while before he goes in for the kill. That's what I think. 
myself, I, I can't touch the, the 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 side of this as far as minus eight hundred or plus five fifty. But um, I am going to go with uh, man. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under one and a half at plus one twenty five for five units. Justin, I'm with you. I'm going under too. I think you're going to see a, a highlight knockout in the first round in this one. Uh, I'll throw ten on the under on that one. All right, so everyone is staying away from the, the winner here, huh? Yeah, it's too heavy to play on. It, it's, a, it's a surefire win for John. I mean, it's not going to be much of a contest, and but at the same time, what do you what are you gaining at, at you know minus eight hundred? Yeah, yeah, it's just too tough. I, I may maybe look into, and I'd say it, I, they haven't put them well. They may have put them out. I wonder if there's a proposition. Yeah, you can you can bet on John Jones by if you can call how he if you say Jones wins by TKO or KO, you can get plus one ten if you don't think he'll submit it. Uh, you know, uh, so that that may have a little bit of uh, a little bit of value or you can pick submission at plus one forty five. So they both have probably, I guess, the bookmakers think almost equal amount chance of happening either way. Yeah, I, th- I think the value is on the under one and a half. You know, and John can knock you out or submit you. You know, he's liable to to drop him and and then choke him out or or you know snap a Kamora on or something. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go with uh with a uh, how he's going to win, but I think it'll be quick. There you have it, folks. That's our picks for UFC 235. Excited for this one. I'm this is one I'm, I'm pretty pumped for this card. And uh, we'll recap it next week along with uh, recapping the Valor card, which we're about to preview now. So let's move on and get to our Valor 56 preview and picks panel. Tonight we're going to have um, we'll have Mark Laws joining us as well as David Robbins and Roy Sanders, who's actually fighting on the card. I've got Jeff Hobbs' picks sent in to me already, and I will go through those as, as we go throughout the call. But uh, we will – let's go ahead and, uh, and, and get those guys rounded up and then get this, uh, this shindig rolling. All right, now for our main portion of the show, it is the Valor 56 preview and picks panel. Valor 56, once again, goes down tomorrow night, Friday night, March the 1st, at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, folks, if you've not been to one of these shows at the Joe – I promise they're a blast. We haven't had any show yet there that's not been just freaking awesome. And uh, so this week, of course, we've got our picks panel. Jeff Hobbs couldn't make it on here tonight. I do have his picks in hand, so we will add those to his tally. Of course, we've got Greg on the line. We've got uh, Mark Laws, Cutman Extraordinaire, joining us. we got David Robbins joining us again. And also, one of the fighters on this card, but also uh, an expert analysis. uh, uh, I should say analyst. An expert analyst, I should say, in breaking down this shit, Roy Sanders. Roy, how's it going, man? You're fighting here and just – you're fighting to, – when this thing drops, it'll be tomorrow. I'm going to refer to it as tomorrow. You're weighing in today. You're fighting tomorrow. How's it going, man? You pumped? Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I uh, feel pretty good. I didn't get to train as much as I would have liked to, but at least the last two weeks and cutting weight and, and just cutting weight has been enough training for me, I, I believe, at my age to, to get in there and put forth a good show. Uh, of course, we announced already uh, just yesterday, David will be making his way back to the Valor Cage in April, taking on a tough Jason Wolf. Uh, but you've got a couple fighters on this car, David. You'll be down in, uh, down here cornering and, and enjoying the festivities. Yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, you know, I've been the last couple Joe shows I've been fighting on them and uh, 
or I've had somebody fighting real late. So I haven't really got a chance to sit back and just watch the fights, but um, I've got two amateurs this time. One of them's, I think, first fight of the night, and then Ethan's kind of in the middle. So once that's over with, I'm just going to kick back, have a good time, hang out with you guys. Absolutely. Now, Mark, you've been, you've been, you've gotten the best of both worlds. You've, you've seen some plenty of action and uh, before, during the show and after the show at the Joe. Uh, and those fights are incredible. I mean, not only is the card always stacked from top to bottom, it's the, it's a great atmosphere. Man, that's one of the coolest bars in the in the lane. Guys. Of course, Greg will be on site as well, doing commentary. I will be drinking whiskey and putting out fires as they as they arise. Let's get into this fight card, man. We've got uh, we've got a pretty long one here, uh, comparably speaking to, to some, and uh, we'll get started uh, with kickboxing. Uh, as as we mentioned before, David's guy is, is leading the card off. We only have a couple kickboxing matches. This will be a couple debuts here. Lightweight, 155 pounds, got a late replacement. Uh, Jalen Harper makes his debut out of American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee, coached by David Robbins. He's with us tonight. He was originally supposed to face a cat named Tyler Roberts from Kentucky who bugged the shit out of me to get on a card for about four months and then let me know, um, I guess last week, that he's not going to be able to get off of work, which is my absolute fucking least favorite excuse of all. <laughs> um, so, so fuck him. And thank you to Elijah Gilbertson, who steps up. He is from Maryville. He comes from James Arden's group. If you are familiar with watching James Arden fight, if you know anything about him, then if, if there's anything alike, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> so, uh, uh, like I said, no, 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 not a lot known about Elijah Gilbertson. Out of Maryville, independent fighter, steps up on short notice here, and as such, we had to move the weight from 145 to 155. So Harper uh, fighting a little heavier than what he would generally like. We'll go to the obvious one first, David. Uh, well, you know, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with my boy Jalen. Jalen has been, um, he's actually been in the gym with me for right around, I think two years now. Um, he just hasn't competed yet, you know? Um, so he's got a lot of gym time in, um, he's definitely game. Uh, his technique's looking good. Um, he gets a lot of sparring in. He's been sparring me, Joseph, Billy, and the rest of the guys in the group there. So I, I know he's got the training partners. He's going to have the technique. I didn't know that Elijah guy was with uh, Arden. Now, Arden's a tough dude, man. So yeah, oh yeah. If he's uh, if Elijah is, you know, any bit like Arden, then I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great fight. You know, Jalen has a um, he's tough, dude. The only time I, I I've hit him as hard as I can, so is Sid and Billy. The only time I've ever seen Jalen go down is by a nut shot. <laughs> so I don't know if he's gonna put Jalen. I don't see him putting Jalen down, dude. Well, have his, uh, I'll tell you what, David, if there's one thing that I've seen in debut amateur kickboxing, it's nuts. Well, Jalen's gotten a couple of them in the last couple of weeks, so hopefully for his future he doesn't take too many nut shots this, uh, this <laughs> evening, you know. When I looked at Elijah on his Facebook page, he looked like he'd just sit around and, like, write poems and talk about feminism or something, so I, <laughs> I didn't think he was going to have too much to bring, but, you know, we'll see. He's game to fight, so. Of course, Jim Hobbs agrees with David. His pick is also Jalen uh, Harper. Let's go on next to uh, Mark. Yeah, I got to go with my AKB boys. Uh, going with Jalen on this. Uh, James Harden is a tough, tough dude. He's hard as woodpecker lips, man, but 
and boys going to play some serious heat to take that one out. That makes it three to nothing in favor of Jalen Harper. Next, let's go to uh, Greg Hopkins. Uh, I'm not too super. I don't know a whole lot about the Elijah guy, but uh, I know if he's willing to step up his game. But I will say that that uh, Jalen, uh, to to my knowledge and around, he's if he's working with the AKB guys, he's fighting with. You know, with Billy Swanson, Sid Wheeler, and David Robbins, and those, those are no pushovers right there. And I want to go ahead and say something. The standout moment at the Joe last week was when Joe, uh, it's when, it's when Joseph from from American Billy Killer Bees got on and rode the bull with his belt on for eight seconds. I don't know if anybody was there for that, but that was fucking awesome. But uh, I appreciate that. Mark was there. He was there. That shit was funny. Uh, but Harper's got an iron chin. His cardio's off the charts. He's athletic. I got to go with him. He's been working with David for two years. It's my one. And I was wondering, Tim, who won last time? Did we ever go over the picks? Yeah, I, uh, that's, a good, that's a good, good thought by you to bring that up. Let's go ahead and, and, and get us caught up on our standings because they're super close. Right now, Jeff Hobbs is in the lead uh, with an overall record of 25 and 8. But only one behind him is Greg and Mark both. And Greg and Mark, they both have 24 and 9 records. So they're only one behind. And then the the guest slot, which has been a rotating cast uh, over the weeks between David and uh, Charlie or whoever it happens to be, uh, they're they're doing the worst. They're they're 14 and 6. So so it's anybody's ballgame here. I've got a clean sweep so far for Jalen Harper. Let's see. Roy, you're going to go, you be the odd man out or you going with the crew? No, I can't be the odd man out here. Uh, you know, as soon as David said that uh, Jalen Harper had trained for two years and hadn't fought yet, I mean, that in itself is, is uh, enough information for me to know that he's going to come in and, and amateur debut or not, he's going to win. So I'm going Harper. The clean sweep for Jalen Harper in this open tie fight brings us about number two. MMA, catch weight, 140 pounds. We've got an independent, Sean Miller, making his debut. He comes out of Spring City, Tennessee, which is kind of like um, kind of like south of, of like Crossville, Cookville area. Uh, and uh, he, he trains with this Colton Dunn fellow, who we will we'll cover here in a little bit later. But uh, he's making his debut, and he's taking on Nick Wigley, who is one and one out of KMAA. Nick Wigley wins uh, his debut at the Shed with a quick knockout of Bud Cook. Ran into a really tough guy in uh, uh, in a debut. Uh, Sean Hammond from uh, Blaylocks beat him at the last Joe show. But Wigley, uh, you know, he was game, and he was in that fight until he got knee barred. Uh, and he fought a really tough guy there. He's making a quick turnaround. One and one, uh, taking on Sean Miller. Let's start this time in. And uh, we'll go in reverse order this time. Let's go with Roy first. Uh, what was the uh, KMAA guy's name again? I'm sorry. It's, it's Nick Wigley. Nick Wigley. Uh, you know, the fact that Wigley's willing to bounce back in and get back in the cage that quick, uh, he definitely wants to prove something. And like you said, if he fought a guy from Blaylocks, you know, they're pretty tough. Uh, I don't know much about the other guy. Um, so, I, of course, I'm going to have to go with KMAA on this one. Roy Sanders gets us started with a pick for KMAA's Nick Wigley. Let's go to Greg. Uh, I don't know a lot about Sean, uh, Sean Miller just yet. We're going to find out about him. I know that Miller has uh, kind of been a predominantly wrestler name growing up, you know, 
up, up through the circus. So he, he might have a little rustle in your hands. But Nick really, Nick Wigley uh, fought off a very, very, very polished amateur fighter the other day and uh, was game the whole fight so they got caught the knee bar. And Nick Wigley was scrapping, scrapping to the end. I got to go with Nick Wigley on this one. Greg makes it two to nothing, and you get the inside scoop here. Sean Miller, a stud wrestler. Mark? Yeah, I'm also going to have to go with uh, uh, KMA on this one. Go with Nick Wigley. Mark makes it three to nothing. Let's go to Jeff. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff has already put his pick in, and he also agrees. He goes with Nick Wigley. Uh, David? Uh, Tim, I got to correct you first. Uh, Sean isn't far from a standout wrestler. I was, <laughs> making, I was making fun of Greg. I was making fun of Greg. Because the last name Miller is traditionally a strong wrestling name. Uh, okay. Uh, noted. Well, <laughs> Sean, and, uh, Sean and Colton came into the gym on a sparring night um, a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, he didn't spar, though. <laughs> He just did jiu-jitsu drills after. <laughs> he just did jiu-jitsu drills afterwards. And I remember Wigley fighting Sean Hammond, and Sean Hammond's no joke, dude. That's my homie. Yeah. And uh, Sean, Sean, this Sean is very outmatched in this in this matchup. I like him. He's you know he's tough. Both of them are grit. They're gritty, you know. But uh, maybe if they had if they had like a good team pushing them in a couple years, maybe. But no, Wigley's winning that. Clean sweep for Nick Wigley here uh, as the panel uh, says that he is going to get the win over the debuting Sean Miller. That takes us on to our, our next bout, and we've got the big boys coming in here uh, for this one. And this is going to be a catch weight of 215 pounds. We've got Chad the Freak Finnerty. Uh, coming up from the Black Lion Studio in Henniger, Alabama, he's one and one, and uh, coming off a loss to uh, to Charles Philpot, he was going for the uh, the cruiserweight amateur title. Uh, tough uh, step up he took against Philpot, uh, so no shame there. Uh, great college wrestling background out of Purdue. A little longer in the tooth than uh, some of your other amateur fighters, but but a lot of heart and a lot of good wrestling ability there for Chad Finnerty. And, of course, he's taking on the debuting CJ Talent, who is out of the Wolves' Den uh, MMA gym, which is, is the first time they've had a fighter. It's their first fighter out of the Wolves' Den gym, which is in Loudoun, Tennessee. Uh, looks like CJ has been training for about two years and has a base in Hapkido and Taekwondo. So it looks like more of a traditional martial artist. From what I can gather, there may be some affiliation with Matt Talent, who is a former, uh, you know, he's a former champion uh, back in the 3FC days, very solid, actually. I don't know that that necessarily means that CJ is going to be as solid as Matt was, but um, uh, it looks like he's get, he's, a, he's got a tr- more of a traditional type background, so we may see the striker versus uh, versus wrestler here. Let's start off this time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that Jeff took Chad Finnerty. I'll let Jeff go first. Jeff Hobbs took Chad the freak Finnerty. Uh, let's go to Mark. Yeah, I got to also go with uh, Mr. Finnerty on that one as well. Mark Laws goes with Chad Finnerty. Uh, let's go next to David. Finnerty's coming to coming to smash, dude. You said he wrestled in college. Is that right? He wrestled with uh, he wrestled with John Fitch. Oh shoot, yeah, man. Years of competition experience there. I know Chad's a little bit older, but uh, he's in there with those young guys, and I know that they're not being easy on him. 
Um, I like Chad a lot. Going with, uh, going with Chad, I don't know what the hell he's thinking doing fucking hop keto and fighting MMA. That's just God. <laughs> <laughs> David makes it three to nothing so far for Chad Finnerty. Uh, let's go to um, let's go to Greg. These black line boys this weekend, they're gonna have to show me. Uh, they've got a couple of standout fighters, but you know, it, there's nothing like fighting a debut fighter, especially when I don't know how Chad is. I don't want to piss him off, uh, especially <laughs> you know, period. But uh, I don't know if he's what 30, 38, 9, 40. What is he? Fifty? How old? How does Chad right now? But he's thirty-eight. Chad's gonna have to show. He's got to show me this weekend. You know that he's he's that guy. You know, I mean, the, the Black Line Studios got a good weekend ahead of him right here. So you're That's going to take it as the Yes, I'm going with Fandery right there, yeah. That's 40 nothing, Roy. Man, uh, I thought you did a great job of doing an intro on this one. I mean, I was I was intrigued. I know people heard Aikido and thought, what? But, I mean, uh, you know, and, and you name-dropped a lot of guys that I'm familiar with because I'm back, you know, I'm a dinosaur. I know what 3FC was. And, right. Uh, I remember talent. Talent was like uh, – I'm trying to think. I mean, he was underrated for sure. Yeah. Uh, I thought that guy was really good. Uh, so I don't know what his affiliation is with him, but I think that, uh, that it sounds like it's going to be an interesting fight, you know, a battle of styles. Uh, but like everybody else has said, you know, i got to think a wrestler, you know, kind of has a, a an advantage, especially in the MMA fight. You know, if it were kickboxing, you know, maybe I'd say something else. But I'm going to have to go with the freak on this one as well. Roy makes it five to nothing for Chad Finnerty. And just so everybody knows, and Greg, so you know, if, if anybody uh, proves the entire panel wrong, if it, if it is a clean sweep against you and you win, then we owe you an interview the next week. We'll bring you on the Valor Hour. If the, if the, so in this case, CJ Talent, you, you, you beat Chad Finnerty and the whole panel picks against you, then you can come on the air and tell everybody that we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. And we'll have to take it. I love that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I wanted I wanted Andrew Sturdivant on the show last time. Last time I picked against him, I wanted him on there because he proved me wrong, and I told him that after a fight, and he said, well, keep picking against me, buddy. I, I just want him on there for that. Like, I love that. I love that idea. And, hey, you know, speaking of Andrew Sturdivant, we just announced today we've got a, a 145 number one contender fight going down April the 5th at the next Joe show, undefeated Silas Reynolds versus Andrew Sturdivant, and I think that one's going to be fire. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. Moving on to our next bout. This one is welterweight action, and we're starting to get into the guys that uh, got a little more experience here. We've got Joe Booher, who is one and three. Uh, he made his debut last year at the International. Good, uh, solid ground guy, purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the head instructor at the Total Self-Defense Academy in Kingsport, Tennessee. Uh, he's fought tough. You know, he's, he fought Greg in his uh, debut, and, and, he, and he's fought some other really tough guys like Emery Norris from Blaylocks, and so he, he's not been in there with, with any cakewalks. He's taking on Josh Miller, the brother of Caleb Miller, who we'll see a little bit later on the card. He made his debut in his brother's stead last show, taking on uh, Ryan McCullough and on short notice. Uh, Caleb was sick the week of the fight, and Josh Miller gets a, if I can, I think it was a second round uh, submission over McCullough, if I'm not mistaken, but he's 1-0. Uh, and he gets a little step up here against Joe Boer, who's, you know, like I said, he's a purple belt in BJJ, hasn't had a lot of success just in his case, but he's been in there with tough competition. Uh, let's start off this one with Mark. 
Oh, man, this is one of those where uh, yeah. I could see going either way. I mean, I was super impressed with Josh the last time out. I mean, especially on short notice, he came out there and really delivered and got the finish. And Boomer seems to yet to really be putting his jiu-jitsu into full practice. And, uh, man, I, I want to say Boomer wins, but on the other side, i got to think the, just the pure pressure of Miller is going to be too much. I'm going Miller. Mark Laws goes with Josh Miller. I'll tell you guys, Jeff Hobbs also went with Josh Miller. Let's go to uh, Roy next. Um, I don't know. I, I've been out of the loop on some of those shows, like back at the International and things like that. But uh, it sounds like, you know, if Boer's a purple belt and he's, he said he's one and three. Um, He's that's one and three, one. but his, but again, his three loss. One was to Greg Hopkins, who's on one of our panelists here. One was to Emory Norred, who is a stud athlete, undefeated uh, college football player out of Chattanooga. You know, he's been in there tough. Yeah, just to shake it up a little bit, I'm gonna say Boer finally lands a submission and gets it here. So, all right, Roy is our first dissenter of the evening, and he goes with uh, Joe Boer here. Uh, let's go next to uh, let's go to David. Yeah. Booer is not going to get a submission if he couldn't even tap that bum Greg Hopkins. <laughs> 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 uh, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, um, I, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with, uh, with Booer. I know who he is. I know it's a purple belt, but not all jujitsu belts are created equally. So yeah. he's one in three, you know, uh, that purple, he's a three stripe purple belt. So he's had it for, for a while. So, it didn't help him in his other fights. Other, I mean, he got one submission, but he also got knocked out like three times. So right. uh, Miller, uh, he's a blue belt uh, from he's blue belt from KMA. Uh, hell, I could see Miller out grappling him, dude. They they train hard. They train so hard. And the guys from self defense schools. Um, I'm not saying it's the case with him, but typically the jujitsu coming from self defense schools is fucking shit. I've got uh, I think I've got like white belts that could tap purple belts from fucking self-defense schools so yeah uh, I'm going with Miller (laughs) David goes with Josh Miller that makes it three to one let's round it out with the only person that's actually been in the cage one of these guys and that's Greg Hopkins Uh, with all due respect and no disrespect to anybody at all uh, I gotta go with uh, Miller, and I've I've been in the ring with Boer before, and um, I, I'm not gonna lie, I felt Boer on the ground when we did go to the ground, and he was starting to lock things up. But here's the thing: there's a big difference in jiu-jitsu and MMA. When you got somebody hammering down blows to your head, you can't lock something up necessarily. It's hard to do. And uh, I got to watch Miller, you know, right there. He, he fought Ryan McCall. How you pronounce his name? McCullough. McCullough. That was a. Uh, that was that was a damn battle the whole time, and McCall is a wrestler. Like is, 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 he he is a wrestler. I know he is a wrestler. So I know that he had a tough time. Miller had a tough time, but see, Boer's uh, Boer's wrestling is not going to be all around there. But I will say this about Boer: Boer's fucking crazy. He's fucking <laughs> crazy. I don't know how much I punched that guy in the head, and he kept smiling and coming towards me. So I'm not counting Boer out, but I'm saying as a whole, I think Boer. He's got to get his stand-up game working more, and not so much worry about rolling on the ground. Because, like I said, you can't, you can only do so much shit when somebody's firing off on you. So I got to go with Miller here. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree that Joe really needs to show, has, has to get these guys to respect his striking. 
to where he can start integrating that 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 his submission game into things because right now people know what what he's going to go for. That makes it four to one for Josh Miller over Joe Booer. Uh, moving on to our uh, our only other tie fight uh, of the night and uh, the first of our two ladies fights. We've got Emily Keck, who is making her uh, her debut all around. She doesn't have any MMA fights either. Uh, she is a uh, this is at 115 pounds, by the way, and she is fighting out of Fitness Edge in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, joining her teammates Jordan Weeks and Fatini Candris on this card. Taking on one and O Ashley Lott, who is the wife of uh, pro fighter Danny Schmidt. If y'all are familiar with him, she fought at the Coliseum a couple years back and got a win. I can't remember the girl's name that she beat, but it was a really fun fight. It was back and forth. And Ashley got the win by decision. And she is a personal trainer. They have a CrossFit gym down in Chattanooga uh, at Academy of Athletics. And I, I don't know that she's still with Blaylocks, but she used to be with Blaylocks. Uh, so Ashley Lott uh, coming in with a little bit of an experience advantage, but she's been on the shelf and hasn't fought in like two years. So um, it should be interesting to see how this plays out. I think these ladies will provide a lot of action. Let's start things off this time with Greg. I got I got to go with my hometown girl, Ashley Plot from Las, uh, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas. We don't have a whole lot of fighters out of Rossville that, that like to come up there and duke it out, but uh and I don't know if she's training at Blaylocks anymore either, but I know she was. And if she was training with Chet, then she's 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 got a pretty good, solid solid game plan coming into this because she didn't go there for at all and not learn anything. So I'm gonna roll with Ashley on this one. Greg starts us off with Ashley Lott. I'll tell you that Jeff Hobbs also chose Ashley Lott. Uh, that's two for Ashley Lott. And let's go now to Mark. I also take Ashley Lott. Mark also makes it uh, three to nothing for Ashley Lott. Let's go to David. Um, I've got Ashley. Uh, reason being, she's been uh, she's actually been coming up uh, to my gym, getting some sparring in on Wednesday nights with us. Um, she's very technical. Uh, her punches, you know, every, are, everything's set up nice. Uh, her punches and kicks flow together very well. So a lot of her counter shots. Um, are very good, and she's got some attacks that are very surprising, and they'll catch you off guard. Um, so, uh, you know, Fitness Edge is uh, it's a great team. Uh, they always put out some good fighters, but uh, I got to say I'm a bit salty because, you know, a friend requested that Emily Kett girl, and she fucking denied me. Oh, you're not using that, David? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that Tim was trying to set me up to fight one of her teammates at the time. <laughs> or she was trying to set me up. I just saw a cute girl and thought, fuck, send requests. But she said no, so I'm picking against her. <laughs> Four to nothing at the moment. We'll see if Roy goes the other way. Roy. Yeah, it sounds like this is going to be a really good fight. Uh, I know the, the one girl has a lot of experience, but um, Emily from Fitness Edge, uh, I think if she's training with, Fon- is it Fontini? Is that her name? <laughs> I think I just butchered that. Fatini, um, uh, yeah, that she's uh, she's got a pretty good training partner there. Uh, I think this one probably goes to a decision or something, but I'm going to go with the panel and stick with the uh, with the uh, lot. That is our fourth clean sweep of the night. We might have a full show next week if these people uh, prove our analysts wrong. But Roy uh, goes with Ashley Lott as well. Makes it five to nothing. Going into our next bout, we're back to MMA. Lightweight, 155 pounds. We've got Micah Downs, who is one and two. He's out of the Next Gen MMA group 
down in Alabama. Um, they are training buddies with the Black Lion guys, and he uh, he hasn't fought for us yet. He's fought for V3 and some other promotions. Um, looks like he's pretty put together and, um, and training partners with uh, a couple of the people we saw last last Joe show, Mary Rosenbeck, who fought Chloe Padilla, and Jacob Wright, who beat uh, a KMA guy, uh, Ray Hewitt. So uh, I'm excited to see what Downs brings to the table. And I'm excited to see his opponent, too, because he's fighting the sea goat, Anthony Cochran. If you haven't seen this guy, he is a character. This guy comes out in full pirate uh, gear uh, with the black theme or black sails theme. It is awesome, and uh, he's he, he's an exciting fighter too. He's a come forward, gritty, not the uh, not the most naturally uh, ath- natural ath- uh, athlete, but he makes up for that with with a lot of grit and a lot of uh, and, and a lot of just you know bite down and grind. Uh, so I'm really excited for this fight. It's one and two versus two and one. And uh, let's start this one off with, uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you guys, Jeff Hobbs, he went with KMAA's Anthony Cochran. And uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to Greg. Oh, I, I like the Seagoat, Anthony Cochran. Uh, Micah Downs from Alabama. Every time one of these Alabama boys step into a cage, no matter where it is, they're, they're coming to fight like, they're from Alabama. I mean, they, they they get made fun of on a daily basis for being from Alabama. So, I mean, they got to stay pissed. So, I mean, straight up, every time we go anywhere, I mean, just like Ken Beverly is going to get made fun of for being from Kentucky the other day. Anybody from Alabama comes anywhere, they get made fun of. So, uh, but Micah Downs got something to prove. All these Alabama boys got something to prove this weekend. There's a bunch of them coming up. But, uh, oh, the Seagoat, you know what? My heart's, my heart's with the Seagoat. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have to go with the yeah I'm gonna go with Anthony Cochran the sea goat on it. All right, Greg goes with Anthony Cochran here. Let's go next to David. Um, uh, you know when I was looking these guys up uh, earlier, I typed Micah in, and when his when his profile popped up, he was not at all what I was expecting. You know, judging off his name, I was kind of expecting a guy that was, you know, a bit goofy looking. I guess. Oh no, but, he, he looks like he's coming ready. Um, yeah, you're damn right he does. He looks like a freaking animal. Like, I was expecting a kid that looked like the ringer, you know? But yeah. um, all these Alabama guys can scrap, you know? Only the toughest boy in the group gets the sister from there. So, uh, But I am going with the Seagoat. Seagoat makes him walk the plank, man. I love that, dude. I'm never picking against him. Yeah, he's a character, man. I love it. David makes it three to nothing for Anthony Cochran. Let's go next to Roy. Yeah, I can't wait to see this uh, Cochran guy. I hope I'm fighting uh, somewhere in the card where I can see him his entrance. Um, but if he is like in the Pirates and all this craziness, and he trains with Eric Turner, those guys who are kind of like so intellectual and it's kind of crazy some of the stuff they put on Facebook, I just can't wait to even meet the guy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him. You know, Down sounds tough. Uh, it looks like his y'all said his picture was mean looking, but I'm still gonna go with Cochran. Roy, I, I promise you'll have plenty of time before your fight to check it out. As far as this guy's injuries go, it's worth it. It's pretty, it's like, it's epic even. Uh, let's, let's round it out here uh, with Mark. Man, I really like that Downs kid a whole lot. He's, he's showed a lot of toughness. Was that the other one, Ray Hewitt? No, that was Jacob Wright. No, that's right. Yeah, same that's team, right. though, same team. Gotcha. Um, I'm still leaning towards the Seco. Did we ever get confirmation on how that name came about? You know what? We uh, we had him on the show, 
And, uh, and somehow, some what Greg did we ever ask? Did we somehow neglect to find that out? Ball dropper. Bro, he just he told us about how he was just a you know a, uh, he was just big on professional wrestling, and when he stopped growing at five 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 six, you know, he said that whole professional wrestling out of his out of his reach. So uh, he did say something about um, it wasn't zodiac signs, but it was something else. Something else had to go with Find the night that was so wrong. So, yeah, don't be, don't be in my ass, Anthony. I'm sorry if I got the throng. So, uh, yeah, something like that. Okay. Maybe, maybe it was born like the year of the goat. I don't know. Is that a thing? Words. So, Another another clean sweep here. The Seagoat, five to nothing. Watch this one, though. This is one that uh, may may have upset written on it. We'll see. Uh, up next, gonna, go ahead, Greg. I was going to say, we might be giving Micah Downs a call next week and having him on the show. Not only that, after me bashing Alabama, I might be having the whole state of Alabama want to talk to me next week. Um, you may have, you may have your next spot set up. Yeah, full full disclosure. I, I lived in Alabama for a whole year, so y'all can't y'all can't get too mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, we've got another lightweight contest. Caleb Miller, uh, the brother of Josh Miller that we spoke about earlier, KMAA undefeated four and top prospect. Coming uh, up to face another Knoxvillian in Taylor Wilson. Taylor Wilson's guy we've seen a couple times now. He's one and one. He won his debut at the Shed and beat. Oh man, who did he beat? He beat that the, the guy from uh, from Bullman. That's a good kickboxer. Somebody help me here. Stephen Tanner. Uh, he, he beat Stephen Tanner with a with a submission that surprised a lot of people. And then he came out in his last fight, uh, Cotton Eye Joe, I want to say it was in November, maybe. And uh, and he lost by uh, submission to Garrett Sharp from KMAA. And there was, a, if I can recall, there was a little bit of heat there at the end. Uh, Taylor uh, took some exception maybe to, to something that happened. So uh, we might have a little rivalry building here. We'll see. Uh, Taylor is very tough, and he's you know he's he's put together too. So this is going to be a good fight. Caleb Miller, Taylor Wilson. Uh, let's start. Uh, I'll tell you guys. Jeff Hobbs went with Caleb Miller. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's let Roy go here first. Yeah, I think I, I fought the same night that Wilson did, and I watched his fight, and uh, he was in pretty good shape, and like he seemed really angry. Like I remember they yeah. might have had a really good stare down at the weigh-in. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought he did really good considering he fought a KMAA guy. Uh, but, you know, with Miller being 4-0, uh, kind of a stud amateur there, I think that, you know, I would say that the, the one guy got this matchup just because of his performance back in November. They think, hey, this is a good test for Caleb. But they probably feel pretty confident in it. So I'm going to go with Miller. Roy makes it 2 to nothing for Miller. Let's go to Mark. Yeah, I gotta lean on the, the tougher Miller brother, the younger one that he faced. The more accomplished. Yes. All right, that's three to nothing. Mark goes with Miller. Uh, let's do. Uh, let's do David next. Um, you know I like Taylor. Um, you know he, he's athletic. He's good. He's had some uh, really good fights uh, before. <clears throat> uh, however, uh, to me. I think that uh, Caleb, a uh, 
maybe it's because I've known him longer than Garrett, but I feel like Caleb is like maybe a little bit more experienced version of Garrett. They're like very similar in style sure. when I spar yeah. with them. I feel like I'm kind of like sparring the same person, you know? They may have trained equal amount of time. I don't know. I've just known Caleb longer. But um, uh, if Garrett submitted him, I, I see no reason Caleb will not. So um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Caleb. I think the experience um, is going to play the play a factor in this, and it's going to lean towards uh, Caleb. David makes it four. Uh, Greg, you going to rock the boat, or you you stay in uh, stay with everybody else here? Uh, Caleb's 4-0 for a reason. He'll, uh, he'll go 5-0 this weekend. Greg makes it a clean sweep. 5-0 for Caleb Miller here. Moving on to our next fight. This one could be this one could be a fun one. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this. Middleweights, uh, 185 pounds. We've got Javin. We've got two guys that are 0-1. Uh, we've got uh, Javin. I hope it's not. It could be Javin. I'm going to say Javin, though. Javin Hill, who is, uh, from what I can gather, he's like the head guy at uh, Next Gen MMA. So he's coming in with Mike Downs. They've got, uh, you know, they had Mary Rosenbeck and Jacob Wright on the card last time. They showed, you know, they're really tough and training with the, the Black Lion guys as well. Um, Javin Hill is 0-1, though. I think he lost his debut on B3 to a tough guy. Um, he is taking on another 0-1 guy named Colton Dunn, who is a teammate of the aforementioned Sean Miller. And he lost his first fight on, uh, I want to say it was like an attitude show in Memphis, maybe. It was something. If it wasn't that, it was like the black tie boxing. It was something out in West Tennessee. But he just made his debut not long ago. And David could probably let you guys know where he's at a little bit. I haven't actually seen him, but but he went and rolled with David and those guys. And for that reason, uh, well, first, I'll tell you guys, Jeff Hobbs took Javin Hill. Uh, Jeff Hobbs has taken Javin Hill. And now I'm going to go to David first, and maybe he can give you guys better insight. I'm going to start off. I'm going to tell you a quick little funny story about Colton. When Colton come in, you know, I always tell new people when they come in the gym, I, I let them know on sparring night. Um, you know, you're going to, you get what you give. So, um, you know, if you want to go hard, that's cool. We're going to go hard too. Um, you know, if you want to be technical and slow, then that's what we're going to (sighs) do. Colton decided he was going to have a title fight with Joseph. Oh, wow. Uh, after Joseph told him, you know, Hey, why don't you like, he's like, Hey, why don't you back off a little bit? That's not what he said. He said, Hey, quit swinging like that. I'm gonna knock you the fuck out. And, and for those not in the know, that you're, we're talking about Joseph Long, the reigning Valor Fight 155 champion. Yes, sir. And, uh, uh, you know, he looked dead at Joseph and said, if you think you're big enough to do it, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph proceeded to just beat the fucking brakes off him, dude. Uh, he made him stop, you know, a couple times in, in the same round. Um, Colton is, he's very, he's very athletic. He's very tough. He's actually very strong. We did some rolling afterwards. Um, but I, I've got Hill, you know, okay. uh, I think that Colton would have very good potential if he was with a good team. I think if he was with me all the time, I, I'd make him a champion, dude. Like he's, he's definitely gaining gritty and strong with potential, but nah, Hill's got this one. All right. David uh, goes with job and Hill. Uh, and let's go next to uh, let's go to to Roy. Yeah, I think uh, that insight from David is pretty good. I mean, I've seen guys like that that come to the gym. You know, um, you got to love his spirit, but uh, I think a Hill's going to win this one. So I'm going to go Hill. Roy goes uh, Javin Hill that makes it three. Let's uh, go next to Mark. 
Hey, which one are we on? Austin. Robin Hill and Colton Dunn. Uh, Hill, please. Okay. Mark Laws goes with Jobin Hill. That's four. Uh, let's see. Uh, Greg. Yeah, Mark. Mark's over there. Jack Daniels. Oh, which one are we on right now? Hill. <laughs> 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 I have to go with Hill, too. I just don't. I don't. I just don't know that uh, that Colton's really taking his training too severely seriously right now. So uh, I got to go with Jobin Hill. Panel goes five nothing. Oh's got to go. Uh, but, yeah, that's right. Somebody's O has got to go. Somebody's going to get their first win. It's going to be the best <laughs> night of somebody's life. Um, moving on. Now, this one should be fun. This next one, uh, we're getting into the – I'll tell you, these next two are going to be fucking crazy. Uh, middleweights, 185 pounds. Another another battle of the big guys. We've got three straight middleweight fights here. Uh, Devin Davis, 1-0. We saw him make his debut at the last Fight Night Joe show. He trains with uh, Chad Finnerty, as we talked about earlier with Black Lion Studios in Hinegar, Alabama. Tall, rangy, aggressive, kind of like burly man. Like, he's, in, he's tough. Uh, taking on uh, Ethan Bedingfield, who is already 2-0. So somebody's O's got to go here. AKB. Uh, American Killer Bees, Cleveland, Tennessee, trained by David Robbins here. And I'm guessing David is going to be able to give you a lot better insight than I can uh, than Ethan. I'll tell you for the record, Jeff Hobbs has chosen Ethan Bettingfield. David, I'm going to go to you first again. Uh, you know, I can't pick against my boy. Of course. Um, no, I'm I'm with Ethan. He, uh, <clears throat> he's got a wrestling background. Uh, he wrestled in high school. Uh, he's country boy strong, dude. I swear to God, that son of a bitch is one of the strongest, like naturally like, strong people I've ever grappled with. Um, he, he hits hard, you know, he's tough as, a, he's tough as a sack of bricks. Uh, when he first come in the gym, I really didn't, I, I didn't really like him. He's like a bull in a China shop, man, but, uh, he's kind of like a wart, you know, he just, he grew on me. So, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a good test. Um, that team from Alabama, you know, they're super tough. Um, regardless of how the fight goes, uh, we're, this is going to be a great learning experience. Uh, it's actually going to be my first fight with Ethan. He had two fights before he came to me. So, um, I kind of want to just give him, give him a test fight, you know, something, a, a tough one, see how he reacts and then, you know, build that kind of corner relationship with him from there and continue to move forward. All right, so uh, we've got a pick, of course, for our David will pick his, his own guy, naturally. Uh, moving on now, let's get uh, to Greg. Hey, how did, how did Ethan win his first two fights, David? Uh, ground and pound finishes in both. Okay. He's really violent. And Devin, <clears throat> Devin Davis got knocked out of the night last Joe show, right? I feel like he may have. Yes. Okay. I think he did. I think he did. I'm not sure. I know that he he damn he knocked he knocked whoever he fought he knocked out. I know that. And uh, I know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm from like the, the the area of where David's from, so I get to hear about some of these upcomer guys. And like I know that his uh his either either if he's from Cleveland wrestling, no matter if you're going to Bradley or Cleveland, you're like top notch. Not only in the state of Tennessee, but you're like. You're up there riding high in the southeastern hemisphere of the United States with wrestling. And if Devin Davis can clip him coming in, it might be a whole different story because I know that I know that Ethan's going to come in and say, but you can't train that chin. With that being said, last time I picked Devin Davis, and he came at me screaming, 
and I picked him, but I thought he was going to fight me like I pick against him. <laughs> uh, I'm torn between picking both of these guys because I know this fight can go either way. It's really a toss-up because both guys are young and inexperienced in the fight game, and you're going to find out who can keep their composure the longest right here, I believe. I don't know if we're going to see a quick knockout, but you'll see a finish regardless. So, with that being said, wrestling uh, pedigree of mine, I'm going to have to go with Ethan on this one. All right. Greg goes uh, with Ethan Bedeville, that next three there. Uh, let's go to Roy. Yeah, I mean, just to shake things up a little bit, I want to go with Davis on this one. Uh, sounds like, you know, he's got a puncher shot. He's tough. He's in good shape. Um, and just because we seem to be picking one way here, I'm just going to – I think Davis may win, so I'm going to pick him. And I don't want to have to fight Davis, you know, before my fight. <laughs> people and stuff, so. Hey, I can appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Roy Yo, goes – Book with me Jeff against Davis. Roy in uh, May. Book me against Roy in May. We'll make there that shit out. Sorry, guys. We can face you guys off. <laughs> All right. Up next uh, is Mark. Going with Devin Davis on this one. Don't be mad at me, David, but I, I have a good reason for this, man. That his last fight, the transitions that he was in were were unbelievable, man. And the fact that he kept coming out on top of those were just they were they were pretty amazing. So yeah, I'm taking Davis in this, and I feel pretty good about it. We've got a split panel, three to two, in favor of Ethan Beddingfield. We're starting to starting to get some dissension here. I like it. This next one has got fight of the night and chaos written all over it. Uh, middleweight, we've got James Arden. He's 0-1, and, and he put, comes to put on a show. He, uh, he fought at the shed at the end of last year. Well, I guess it was August of last year. He, uh, he lost his fight to Rodrigo Martinez, who has, has gone on to become probably one of the top amateur middleweights in, in the area. Uh, but it was a battle. If, if, you saw, if you haven't seen that fight, it's worth finding it. It's worth going to the Valor Facebook page and, and finding it. It is free on there, and it's awesome. It is, uh, the crowd's going nuts. It's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Both guys get dropped. Uh, this guy doesn't stop coming forward. He is put together uh, you know, shredded, athletic, aggressive, um, former military. Uh, his, we, his ground skills could potentially be uh, his, his Achilles at this point. Uh, taking on Stevion Tank Wilson Jr. of KMAA. And uh, this is his debut. And uh, the word on the street from these, I, haven't, I don't know this guy. I haven't seen him yet. It looks like he's pretty put together, too. But the word on the street from these guys is this guy, is, he's a banger. I mean, he's, he's going he's gonna to go out there and throw like Arden. And so, you know, we might have all hell breaking loose in there, honestly, because uh, both of these guys are super popular. They both bring a lot of fans uh, from very differing um, um, uh, uh, what's the word here? Uh, a very different fan. They both bring a very different fan base. D- yes, and uh, and I and this is going to be chaos personified here. Don't miss this one uh, because these guys are going to throw down. Uh, man, let's start. I'll let you guys know. Jeff Hobbs has gone with the KMA fighters, uh, Stevion Tank Wilson Jr. Let's go to uh, man. Let's start it off with. I'm going to put Mark on the spot. Mm, man, that's a crazy fight, man. Um, I can see it going either way. I, I, I feel like Arden probably goes to one and one after this. So I'm going with Arden. All right, Mark Laws goes with James Arden. Let's go next to um, let's go next to Roy. 
Yeah, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go with Wilson Jr. I know you guys just talked about that awesome uh, fight that Arden had, and I've seen that. Uh, I watched that when it was a great fight, but uh, you know, I think that possibly, you know, just from watching that fight, I'm sure that uh, that Wilson's going to probably try to do some kind of submission or takedown or something, maybe, and everybody might think they're going to come out and bang, but that's what I would look for. It could be wolf tickets, you're saying. <laughs> Roy goes with uh, Wilson Jr. here. Uh, next, let's go to uh, let's go to David. Man, I just James comes. I I sat with you then when he fought uh, Rodrigo, and yeah. that shit was a breaking banger, dude. You know, I hope that wasn't like a one-time thing. He had that crazy look in his eye. Arden did. You know, he reminded me of Cubic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was yeah. no no bit of technique whatsoever. There was just fucking blood right. and like yeah, rage, dude. That's a good one. Uh you know, Arden, uh he's actually messaged me a couple times. He wants to uh he wants to make the drive down uh and uh do some prep work with me. Uh super nice guy. You know they they both are. Um I'm torn on two. Um you know, I, I've seen Arden. I'm, I'm going to go with Arden just because I want a repeat of the last fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David goes with uh, James Arden here. It'll be up to Greg to break the tie. Uh, hell, what is what? Is, what was uh, Mark drinking on over there? Was he drinking on, uh, what was it, Arden? Well, yeah, Mark went with Arden. Mark and Roy, I'm sorry, Mark and David have gone with Arden, and Jeff Hobbs and Roy have gone with Wilson. Killers of the in in fairness, I, in fairness, I, Hobbs and Roy neither were live at that fight and saw it like Mark and David did. Close 3D man, but y'all are telling me that old Tank is a damn Tank. Does he got a chin on him? Oh, I don't know, David. Have you have you trained any with with Wilson? You know, I can't I can't remember any time that I have. Um, I kind of just recognize the face, but I don't, I don't remember. I, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thanks, that's more indication to me help. that he's going to do a grappling. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he would have started if he had stand up. I think that I'm going to, uh, since me and, me and old man Mark are tied for second, I'm going to go ahead and fade Mark here and just take the tank. All right. Greg Hopkins goes with Tank Wilson Jr. And man, I'm pumped for this one. This this one might bring the place down, uh, literally. Uh, the the uh, the the amateur main event is next, and this is another really good one. Uh, Bantam weights, 135 pounds, strap on the line. The title uh, is up for grabs here. We have got the undefeated Morgan Hickam, who is uh, I think she's three and zero. She maybe I think she's three and zero. And uh, she's from KMAA. Uh, very, she's a tall, rangy fighter, and has uh, has looked really good uh, thus far. And all of her all of her fights have been against pretty solid girls. No one with like a lot of experience, but all girls from like legit. Um, she's taken on a very experienced competitor in Fatini, the Teeny Beast, uh, uh, Candras, and this is uh, this is a fighter that has fought internationally now. Uh, she's gone over and done the IMAF uh, Worlds two times. She's fought the best competition out there. Uh, her record is 4-7, and seven, so a, a bit underwhelming record. But, again, she's been fighting for years. She has fought the very best 
competition out there and is very skilled coming out of the fitness edge gym in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, always great to have Fatini out and I'm really looking forward to this fight between two very, very skilled ladies. Let's start first. Uh, let's put Greg up here. Uh, Greg, let's do Greg first. Why not? Why not go ahead and rock the boat? I know everybody's probably going to take Morgan here. So I'm going to go against everybody and take, take a little, uh, this little teeny beast. Okay, Greg goes with Candrace to start us off. Uh, I can tell you that Jeff Hobbs went with Morgan. Let's go to um, let's go next to David. Uh, you know these are the fights that uh, sometimes make me not want to do this picks panel thing. Man, I like both <laughs> of them. I like both of them a lot. You know they're both uh, so sweet. They both bust their ass. I think this has the potential to be really really good fight. Now, Botini, she's got a little bit of an upside-down record, but she's fought really, really skilled opponents. Like, if, if you look at the girls that she's lost to, they're very high-level. A lot of them are pro now, and some of them are for that IMAF uh, World Championship. So, um, you know, the, the ring time and the experience is going to lean towards Botini. Um, it will be interesting to see how uh, Morgan... Um, handles uh handles a, a tough fight you know um i think this is this one's going to push her to the next level um it's going to help her move on up uh, i don't think it's going to be easy but i see morgan getting the win david goes with morgan hickam makes it two to one and i i um i'm not saying that i necessarily agree with a pick either way i'm not saying i do or don't but i agree that this is going to be the fight that kind of lets everybody see where morgan is you know, if because Fatini is a is a good, solid, legit, skilled, experienced competitor, uh, much more skilled than than the the girls that I'm not saying more, much more so, much more experienced than uh, the girls that she has fought up till now, and could potentially give her uh, a good run uh, that to see if you know if she is ready for that next step up, and uh, that's uh, that's why I really think uh, there's a, there's a lot of intrigue in this one. David goes with Morgan Higgins. Let's go next to uh, Roy. Yeah, I think if I'm driving up from Myrtle Beach to fight for a title, uh, I'm going to go with Candrus. I think that, uh, like you guys have mentioned, uh, I'm not saying that anybody's better, uh, but I would think that, you know, four and seven, the seven people she's fought, uh, I'm sure that maybe a handful or half of those would all probably beat the ladies that Morgan fought handily, so I'm going to go with Candrus. That, that, I think that's fair to say, Roy. Uh, so that makes it two to two, and the tiebreaker will be marking four fingers. Well, I just want to say this first. Fadidi Candrus is one of my top three favorite female MMA fighters on the planet, and one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. That being said, I, I like you said, Tim. This is going to show where Hickman is, and uh, I, it's a pick and fight for me. It's going to be a hell of a fight, too. Um, I, I want to say Candrus wins, but I think it probably goes to this issue. All right, Mark goes with Fatini Candrus by decision here, makes it three to two for the out of towner. See if that gives some motivation here to Morgan Hickam to keep that O intact on the right side of her record. Moving on to the pro fights here, I like that we're getting some separation. The last three fights have all been split three to two. Uh, I don't know that that trend will continue here. Up next is going to be uh, an odd one here. Featherweight, 145 pounds. I will note that these gentlemen are weighing in same day. 
Jeremy Rogers cannot make it to the Thursday weigh-in. He'll be coming in late Thursday night and will weigh the day of the fight against Ray Miley. Both of these guys are generally 135-145 fighters. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 125-135 fighters. And so this will be at 145, same day. Jeremy Rogers uh, comes in looking for his first win. He's 0-4. That said, he has fought very tough competition. He's fought Brian, Brian the Law Hall from Memphis, who's probably the top bantamweight in the state, uh, top flyweight in the state too, for that matter, probably. Um, he, he's fought him twice. Uh, and, of course, uh, he's taking Andre Miley. He's 4-2, KMAA. He's hit a little bit of a hot streak here now. Uh, won his last couple, uh, coming off of a win uh, in his in his last bout at the um, at the Joe actually, and uh, he fought and defeated uh, Marquise Johnson in uh, in that fight. Let's start things off with David. Uh, you know, not making weigh-ins is a really amateur thing to say as a professional. Uh, I think I got a little bit of salt on that right now. <laughs> you know, a little spot I found myself in with this upcoming fight. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Owen four is going to go to Owen five. Dre Miley's going to come out and fuck this dude up, man. It doesn't matter if it's on the feet, if it's on the ground. I don't care. Dre is strong as fuck. <laughs> he flows so well on the feet. He, he really, um, you know, he's he's really impressed me in the in the time that I've uh, been around him. I, I really think Dre's great, man. I, I like him. David goes with Dre Miley. That uh, Jeff Hobbs also goes with Dre Miley. It's two. Let's go next to uh, Roy. Uh, you got to respect Rogers with that record, wanting to come in and fight Dre Miley. Uh, props to him. Um, you know, I hate that he's not gonna make the the same or the day before weigh-in. You know, obviously he's probably gonna be not in the same shape you would have had he made 35. So um, I don't think the weight's going to be a difference for Dre. Uh, you know, Dre's probably my favorite fighter in the area uh, just because of his story and just uh, with the layoff and the comeback. And you just got to pull for Dre Miley. I'm going with Miley. All right. Boy well, makes it three for Dre. Uh, next, let's go to Mark. Yeah, I echo everything Roy said. You know, we we – Dre's been a staple in uh, in MMA around this area, man. We we really went got his back, and uh, man, I I really think he gets it out. He does something spectacular to get this. Game. Mark makes it four, and uh, let's go to Greg. You gonna make it five? Uh, can't jump uh, What? You uh, you're up, Greg. Jump <laughs> I can't hear. What do you say? Yeah, that's right. That's why I said shut up. Whatever, shut up. I don't know. What, yeah, but I gotta go with Dre. What's it? Goku, Miley. Yeah, Dre uh, Two, I think, or something like that. Dre Two, Dre Two. I'm Dragon Balls there. He's yeah. That's what I'm going with Dre. All right, five to nothing for Dre Miley. Brings us to our next bout. It is pro females flyweight, 125 pounds. We've got the Shannon, Shannon Young, and she is making a, a quick turnaround. She may have been uh, at the Coliseum in January, defeats Jessica Borga uh, and moves uh, to five and one, I believe is her record. Uh, Invicta Vet, very, very tough, very, you know, one of the top prospects. She'll be taking on uh, Anastasia Bruce, who is coming all the way from New York, uh, training out of uh, Kai's next level MMA in, uh, I think it's in Queens, uh, New York, um, if I'm not mistaken. 
and uh, they are they have flew in today. Actually, they're 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 in town already, and she is ready to uh, upset the apple cart, if you will, and uh, making her pro debut here against a tough animal, Shannon Young. Let's start things off with uh, let's start things off with Mark. Oh, uh, it's a no-brainer for me, man. It's the Shannibal, 100%. Mark goes to the Shannibal. Shannon Young, Jeff Hobbs also goes with Shannon Young. Let's go next to Roy. I love that Shanna is fighting all these people that have to fly in. <laughs> I think uh, Borga flew in, and then now this one's flying in. So, I mean, uh, shout out to you guys on the matchmaking and reaching out and finding tough competition for her. But uh, I may have told this story on a pick panel before, but Shanna – the first or second day she ever trained, I was with Tuco Tapa, and that's back when I was a pretty legit fighter. I was in good shape. I was like 27, and I think she kicked me in the gut. And I <laughs> kid you not, like I could not drive home from Johnson City to Coburn. Like I had to pull over. I thought I was dying. Uh, but I mean, she's she's awesome. I'm gonna go with her. All right, Roy Sanders goes with Shanna Young, and next we'll go to Greg. I, I, if I had, I guess, and Tim, I, if I was gambling and I had a gun in my head and somebody told me to bet on Anastasia, I guess I would have to say pull the trigger. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but your girl's 0-11 right there as an amateur, and she's coming in as her pro debut to fight the, the motherfucker of all motherfuckers here in Knoxville. So, uh, like, no, no, hands down. Yeah, China. Greg makes it for David. Why the fuck is girl even fighting Shana, dude? Hey, it's tough to get girls to step up. I made this offer to a lot of girls that turn this thing down. No, no, I'm not. I'm not knocking by any means. It's just like fuck you. Oh, and eleven as an amateur, and I'm like, hey, let's fight one of the best women in the country. I'm sure I'll get my win there. You know, you know, I've done a lot. <clears throat> Done a lot of work uh, with Shanna, and you know she is uh, she's really fun to spar with. She talks a lot of shit when she's sparring, and that's uh, I really like that. Um, I'd see her just she can win this however she wants to. Shanna Young gets the clean sweep, and uh, it's five and nothing. But hey, again, props to Anastasia Bruce uh, stepping up where a lot of ladies wouldn't, and she's coming in with nothing to lose here. She she pulls this win off, and she makes her name. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out still. Uh, either way, I'm excited for this one. What's that? I'm Anastasia here. If she upsets her, we'll be giving her a call next week. Oh, 100%. Uh, I want her to upset her, dude. What's that? Never mind. I can't say that. No, no, Mark, Mark, Mark better be, Mark's get, uh, Mark is our, uh, Anastasia's transportation to weigh it tomorrow, so Mark better keep it, keep it in line. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may get slapped. Um, it's worked no, out well for Billy Combs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which really watch it all. <laughs> Up next, uh, welterweight, I'm sorry, it's a catchweight now, 175 pounds, a catchweight fight, and, uh, it's going to be two guys that we know very well. Uh, and one of them's on the line with us right now. It's Roy Real Steel Sanders looking for win number two. Uh, he is taking on Billy Two Tone Combs looking for win number one. And uh, you know both these guys have fought a who's who uh, early. And uh, for Billy anyway, you know he's a guy that 
took a lot of tough amateur fights. I believe he was eight and fifteen or eight and fourteen as an amateur, and um, you know fought David in in his debut, fought Chris Wolf in his last one. So he's been in there really tough. Uh, Roy, of course, has been in there with a, a, just a plethora of tough motherfuckers over the years. So uh, really looking forward to seeing one of these guys pick up a win here. Uh, of course, uh, both of these guys have a shared opponent in Chris Wolf. Roy also fought Chris Wolf. Uh, and both of them, I think, fought at the Joe, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I could be wrong there. No, somebody fought him at the Coliseum. But anyway, uh, let's start off with the obvious. Well, I'll tell you guys, Jeff Hobbs has picked Roy Sanders. Uh, and I'm going to go to Roy because that, uh, we, I, I hope I know who he's picking, and we'll get the obvious out of the way. Yeah, I've been in some tough situations on these picks panels where I've had to pick myself when I have to be honest, I was a little sketchy about doing that. But this is one of those situations. You know, it was really like on those other times I was just pumping myself up. But um, on this occasion, I really feel like it's going to be really tough for Billy to beat me. Um you know, you talked about his wins as an amateur. I, between the two of us, we had 18 amateur wins. A lot of people want to focus on the negative, but I like to focus on the positive. Um, we did have a lot of wins. I had 10 wins. He had eight. I think, uh, you know, I went, I went back and watched all of his fights the other night, and I just feel like every time he's in there with somebody that knows what they're doing and they put the pressure on him, he has a hard time. And, uh, and I may not be in my prime, but I definitely do know what I'm doing. So I feel like I've got a pretty good game plan. Um, you know, I know he's hungry. He's going to come out and bang. This may be a really inter- – I think this will be really entertaining. Like, I'm really kind of pumping myself up that, you know, I'm probably not going to get took down like I have, the you know, Derek Kennington, Chris Wolf. You know, I'm I'm not fighting those type of dudes this time. So hopefully I'll be able to be in there long enough to showcase some skills. And I really want to make a, a statement. You know, people want to say things about my record, this and that, but – I hope that I can really kind of show that there there's levels. People know there's levels to this, and I respect Billy for all the tough fights he's took, but I hope that I kind of separate myself from some of these other guys who uh, who I've fought on the same cards with these last few Valors, and, you know, they lose quite often. You know, I don't want to be in that same category. I want to do something to put myself, you know, in a different level. So that's what I'm looking to do this fight. Roy Sanders, of course, uh, explaining why you guys need to pick him. Uh, it's two to nothing, Roy. Let's go to Mark. All right, the risk of sounding like the biggest douche ever. I am currently riding with Billy Jones to Rockville, Tennessee. All right. Billy Jones, who do you think is going to win the spot, buddy? Uh, I think it'll be a good one, but I think I win by the shit. Billy Cone Ninja shit, man. I'm going with fucking Billy Cone Ninja shit. Oh, you already hear you, oh, you, you, you heard it. Billy Cone's actually with Mark Laws en route to Knoxville now. Uh, Billy, real quick, bro, bro, we'll get a quick word with Billy. Billy, uh, it, it thoughts on this one, you know. I, I, I think you heard us. Uh, I assume maybe Mark had us on speaker this whole time, so maybe you heard what we were saying. But, uh, you know, you fought two very, very tough guys in your in your debut. Uh, tell us uh, tell us why you're going to get this this first pro win here. In this spot, it's a pretty good opportunity for me to actually fit and be comfortable because I did take it on a short notice. I know Chris short notice spot, but he was a lot better on the ground. I was not ready for it, honestly. I was 
not the right frame of mind, but this time, this go around, I'm pretty confident. I feel like I'm ready. And with the power I have, I think I can push him to sleep by land. Oh, shit, son. You heard it here. You heard it here from Billy Combs uh, first. He says he's got the power to put Roy to sleep. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to, to David. Uh, I have a question for Roy first. Uh, Roy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to smoke, fucking Roy. <laughs> do, do you smoke Roy. cigarettes? I do not. No, I've never smoked. Do not. I get some secondhand okay. smoke from the wife, but I don't smoke. Okay, so we've got to make it definitely... Definitely in Roy's favor. Roy's over there. But Roy fucked up earlier, and he picked against my team. So, uh, Billy, I have, I, have wanted to see, <laughs> I have wanted to see Billy uh, uh, get a win. You know, he, he did the fight with me. Um, I think, uh, you know, when he's, when he's standing in front of Roy, he's not going to just be, like, quivering away like he did with me, you know, like, <laughs> ready to be done. So uh, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. I'm excited for it. Uh, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Billy get a win. Um, I, I I do like Roy a lot. I probably just sounded like a huge douche. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, e- either way the fight goes, you know I'm I'm not going to be uh, not going to be upset either way. But Billy with his ninja shit, he's gonna he's gonna crumple that steel, man. I see yeah, man. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be aluminum foil after this fight. Two to two, David makes it now, and the tiebreaker is Greg Hockey. Damn, Roy, what the fuck, man? You gonna let him talk to you like that? You got you got Billy. Over, he's gonna put you to sleep. I mean, do you have anything to say about it? Like, I mean, shit. I just think that uh, my experience tells me not to talk like that before a fight. Um, so. <laughs> Yes, if he can knock me out whenever Portland Pringle and uh, I, I could just name off everybody I fought. If they couldn't knock me out, it's not going to happen Friday. It's not going to happen. All right. Well, I, I've never, I've never been does. knocked out. I've had like 70 fights, and I have been knocked out once. Once, and it was just a fluke. I was absolutely murdering the guy. Was Billy still here with us? Yeah, man, he's in the car with me. I can't get away from this motherfucker. Oh, well, what's he think about this? He's still going on. Is this, you know what, fuck it. Here's what I think. I, I like both of these guys a lot. I like them both. They're both great dudes. But here's what I'm saying. Steel don't break, but it bends, but it don't break. You know what I'm saying? World Trade Center. I'm about to go. Yeah, Roy Sanders on this one. I'm going to go to Roy this one. Greg makes it three to two. Roy Sanders, another split, and we go on to our co-main event of the evening. This is a catch weight, 160 pounds, and uh, we've got Jordan Weeks. We just spoke with Jordan just a little bit earlier. He is one and two, coming out of Fitness Edge in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Brown belt, uh, tall. He's six foot two, so he'll be uh, have a, a sizable height and reach advantage over his opponent. C4, Charlie Alexander, three and one, national MMA. Uh, of course, out of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, got two guys that we've seen a lot of. You know, Weeks, uh, last time he was fighting, uh, uh, he had a fucked up situation fighting outside under a tent in November and uh, was unable to, to come out out of his corner uh, to, uh, against Nick Martino because his body essentially had locked up due to the cold. Uh, but, he's, but that again, don't let that uh, sway you on this guy's skill. He's tough, and he's very, very crafty on the ground. 
Uh, we saw him fight Pat Crumpton in Nashville and pick up a really sweet uh, submission of the year uh, candidate a couple years back. And so can't sleep on the guy. He's a brown belt. <clears throat> Taking on uh, Charlie Alexander. Uh, we've seen him many times as well. Uh, again, going to have a, a bit of a height and advantage here, but maybe a little more power, a little more quickness out of Charlie. Uh, you know, I, this is one of those fights where I could see it being your striker versus grappler. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but, you know, this is one that I'm really excited for. Both these guys uh, are going to bring it. Yeah, let's, uh, I'll tell you that Jeff Hobbs has gone with Charlie Alexander. Let's go first to Roy. You know, I really I like Jordan Weeks. Uh, I've seen a few of his fights. I fought on the same of the few cards. I fought on some of the same cards as he has. Um, you know, I remember when he split that dude's head open. That was crazy. Um, I'm going to go with Weeks on this one. Kind of, I don't want. I don't think it's an upset, but I mean, he's the out of town guy. Uh, I know Charlie Alexander. He's a really tough dude, but I think Weeks is going to be a little bit bigger. Like just. Not in, you know, he's not going to be shredded up. He's going to be bigger. And I think that uh, he's going to pull off the victory. Roy Sanders with Jordan Weeks. That makes it one to one with Jeff Hobbs going with Charlie Alexander. Let's go to Mark. Man, Jordan Weeks is tough as shit, man. He is, he's a savage. And uh, also, the recipient of the only time I've ever had stops for blood. So, man, man, he didn't want that by stop. He just want to keep banging. So, Jordan Weeks is a tough dude, but C4, talking about some shit that don't break, son, C4 is that dude, and uh, he gets him out of there. Mark Laws goes with C4, makes it 2-1. to one. Let's, uh, let's go to uh, Greg. Oh. Uh, Here, I'm sorry. We're gonna have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this short and sweet. I'm going to go with C4. Okay. Greg goes with Charlie Alexander. Uh, David, you've got your eye on this one potentially. Uh, what, what's your pick? Um, so both of these two guys have kind of been in the circle um, of potential guys for me to fight. I think I actually was going to fight Weeks at one time, and it ended up I fought somebody else because um, he didn't he didn't accept it, or he, I don't know if he couldn't do it. It was something like that. Um, you know, I would like to see um, – I would – I would like to see Jordan catch a submission only because I've, you know, I've, I've heard statements that Charlie's made about jujitsu brown belts and jujitsu black belts, uh, you know, cracking when they, when they start getting hit, he's right, but it just kind of sounded kind of arrogant. So I, I would like to see Jordan, but, uh, you know, I called out C4. I don't dislike him. I actually, I like him a lot. I want him to win because I want to, I want to fight him. You know, I want to see him moving up. I don't want to see him move backwards. He fucking starts moving backwards. I don't want that. You know, uh, he's one of the uh, better guys in the region. He's got the better record. Um, I think as long as he doesn't maybe end up in a <clears throat> doing some dumb shit, you know, leaving leaving a limb out, uh, I, I see Charlie just kind of manhandling him. Um, he's got better striking. Um, he, I'm sure he's, he's strong as shit on the ground. He fought my boy Lathan Lawson. Um, I think he caught him in a front headlock or front head choke, some shit. Um, and Lathan is a very good grappler, you know, Nashville MMA has some of the best grapplers in the, in the country. Um, so Charlie is definitely going to be prepared to handle a brown belt. Um, 
he's 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 well-rounded he's athletic and he needs to get that win so we can make that fight happen i don't know what he's talking about in his interview that my record's not where it needs to be but i'm gonna put this fucking old man down in april and uh we're gonna look at that one real soon very very nice uh david goes with c4 charlie alexander i think so it's four to one the panel sees it for Charlie Alexander and again that's a fight I'd love to see David Roberts Charlie Alexander uh, that's a main event if ever I have uh, heard one moving on to the main event for this show and this one is uh, should be a lot of fun two guys that have put on very exciting fights two two characters you know two 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 very very cool guys uh, Nick Overblood Martino is uh, is is going to be taking on slick nick gertz this fight is at 170 pounds please note nick gertz has fought as low as 145 and uh generally would fight at 155 martino uh cutting uh cuts considerably uh to to 170 he's a he's a big dude and, and has really bulked up over the years that we've that we've been hosting him uh lots of really fun striking from martino he's got a karate background he, he, he's got a lot of fun kicks we just saw him go all three rounds in a tie fight against Demir Farabagovich at the Coliseum in a really exciting fight. And, uh, you know, Nick Gertz is a guy that is, uh, you know, he's eight and three top prospect, uh, but he hasn't fought in about two years or no, no, no. I, has it been, it's been about a year and a half. He's fought about a year and a half. Uh, and he's coming off of a loss uh, to Devontae Smith, who, who after that win got signed to the UFC and is wrecking shop in the UFC. So not a bad loss, but it'll be interesting to see how Slick Nick uh, comes back off of a pretty good layoff. Uh, Nick is a solid brown belt in uh, jujitsu and has uh, and is known uh, more to be a, a grappler type, but has sneaky striking. He's got a, a flying knee KO of Augusta Tyndall a few years back. So you can't sleep on his striking and you can't sleep on Martino's grappling. So uh, it, this should be a fun one. You know, I think the, on paper, it looks like Gertz is, is the favorite record-wise, but I think there's some intangibles here that make this really interesting. Let's start things off with Greg. Both guys uh, with three three losses on their record apiece. Both guys are capable of losing. We all know that. But the, the caliber of, law, like, of, of, of fighters that you've lost to really speaks volumes about your, you as a fighter, too, I think, too. So... Uh, Nick Gertz, me and him had a heart-to-heart at the last show, and uh, he talked a lot about how, how passionate he was about this fight and how he wants to get back now. He feels like he owes it to himself to do some shit like this, to get some shit done. He's already said it last week. He's here to wreck shit. He don't care about the weight class. He doesn't He don't give a damn anymore. And it sounds like me to me like he's pretty committed, and something's happened in the last in the last few months that's really made him want to turn a new leaf and do something else right now. So i got to go with, uh, with Gertz here. Greg Hopkins goes with Nick Gertz. I'll tell you, Jeff Hobbs also goes with Nick Gertz. It's two to nothing. Uh, let's go next to Mark. Man, I love both these guys. Most um, of athletes, both with their own skill sets. But I, if I have to pick a side, I got to lean towards Gertz. Um, he did black my eye at the last Cowboy or at the last uh, <laughs> show. Um, but, man, what a spectacular grappler and fantastic human being, both guys. But I'm going with Gertz. All right, that makes it three to nothing for Nick Gertz. And next we'll go to uh, to Roy. Yeah, I think this is a great main event uh, just because of the size or the weight class they're fighting at. I think that really evens up the playing field. Um, You know, Martino's dad helped corner me. I watched him in the back. He helped me, you know, we were talking about some things, some striking 
uh, techniques before the fight. And, I mean, I was just really – I was impressed with him before I really met him, but I was really impressed once I spoke to him and saw some of his stuff. Um, and he's a big dude. Like, there's no way I would fight him at 170 just because of his size. He's a big 70. Um, and I think I kind of put that together where I fought Shantae Barnes and I watched the video of them fight. I really just didn't realize how big Martino was till uh, I kind of compared the two. And his striking is phenomenal. Uh, I think that that was a super close fight at the Coliseum. Um, I think that they did score it right, but, I mean, it was really close. Um, I think that if Gertz, you know, capitalizes on his his ground game, takedowns, uh, I think that for him to submit Martino, it's going to have to be something shifty like a, a knee bar or ankle lock, I, something with the legs. I just – Martino's going to be so strong. And I've seen Martino uh, win with some crazy submissions. I think where he's just so strong, if he gets something wrapped up, even if the technique's not quite right, he gets it. So, and, you know, he's new about this fight for a while, so surely to God he's been rolling with somebody because uh, I think he's got a lot of outlets for some good training. So I'm going to go with the, the big upset here and say Martino. Oh, wow. Roy Sanders goes with Nick Martino here. I love the analysis. Uh, let's go. Let's finish it off with David. Uh, you know, both of these guys, uh, I, I like both of them a lot. You know, they're, they're both uh, – Nick's my homie. You know, he's, he's cool as fuck. And him and I, we chill a lot after, after fights, after training, whatever. I like him. Nick's the homie. Now, um, Nick Martino and Al – I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Those two guys are always so nice, so helpful, uh, very respectful. And um, to me, I feel they exemplify what it means to be a martial artist. You know, Nick, uh, uh, spectacular kickboxing. Um, now, Nick Gertz is not a bad striker either, though. Everybody talks about his uh, grappling because it's so good. But, Tim, like you said, you know, he's got good striking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when him and I spar... Like, we kind of just stand there. <laughs> Nobody, like, uh-huh. moves. And it's, like, five minutes of us punching each other in the face. <laughs> Even when it's MMA rounds and it's we're supposed to be shooting takedowns. Now, fuck that. We just punch each other in the face yeah. the whole time. So, um, I don't, you know, I could see, you know, Martino's got power. He uh, he knocked down my boy Ben Jacobson with a fucking fast head kick once when, when we fought him. Um, but I don't see Gertz staying on the outside um, and having a kickboxing match with him. You know, uh, if he does strike, it's going to be pressure. He's going to be in his face uh, and he's, he's going to not let Martino use that reach that he's going to have. You know, I see, I see Gertz just kind of using a lot of forward pressure. I don't know if that's what he's going to do. That's what I do. Um, on the ground, Martino's no slouch, but Nick is like they say, man, he's slick as fuck. And he has some of the, uh, some of the best jiu-jitsu that I've, I've ever gotten to roll. I've done jiu-jitsu for 13 years. So um, I am going to go by Gertz um, via submission. All right. Four to one, the panel says, and I'm really excited uh, for this night of fights, guys. Before we wrap up, I'm going to get everybody's pick for fight of the night. Uh, what do you think is going to be the fight that's going to deliver uh, for this crowd uh, to the utmost? Let's start with uh, Roy. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be tough. I mean, a lot of people would probably expect me to say my fight, but I think that I, I know I'm going to win. I just I don't think it's going to be a, a stand-up rock and sock them. So, I mean, I, I would have to go with probably 
I want to say Kandris and uh, shoot, I forgot Morgan name, Hickam. Megan. Mo- Morgan uh, Hickam. Morgan, yeah, Morgan, Morgan and Kandris. Yeah, Hickam I, and I, Kandris. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, all right, Mark, how about you? Man, there's a bunch of good ones, but I'm uh, I'm actually in for the Trevor week or the weeks of Fulbright. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I, I can dig that too. All right, uh, Greg. I do not have any idea. I'm probably going to go with, uh, let's see. I mean, I'm really excited about the Devin Davis and, and Ethan Bettingfield fight, but I don't know if that'll get the fight of the night. I think that'll probably, I don't know. That's, that's going to be a good one right there. Yeah, I mean, if, I think that's a fight that if it gets out of, the, if, if somebody doesn't, you know, sleep somebody in the first round, then we've probably got good action. Um, all right, David, uh, wrap us up. Uh, this, this was a tough one. I didn't know we were picking fight of the night. Uh, there's a lot of really, really good match fights on here, man. There's going to be a lot of wild, just violent fucking throwdowns. Uh, I don't know who the matchmaker is, but I feel like you probably should get a raise. Yeah, I right. did a good job. I mean, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, um, uh, my pick, personal pick, I think is going to be uh, Martino Gertz. You know, um, just I think it's going to be the most technical fight of the night. Those two guys are both really, really good, and I hope that it turns out to be uh, a very technical fight. You know, we've, we we get a lot of these redneck brawls um, with the amateur fights, but I, I want to see a really, really good just technical battle back and forth. And that's what I that's what I want to see. I think so, we may get it for that one. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thank you guys so much. That wraps up our picks panel. We will go back over the results next week, see how everybody did. We'll see if Jeff Hobbs can hang on to that one-point lead. And he's played it kind of safe here tonight, looking like a lot of times Jeff will be the guy that will that will angle off to try to be the the different the different guy to pick up those points. But he's played it pretty safe on, these guys, uh, on this one, it looks like. Uh, thanks so much again to all of our picks panelists. Uh, Roy Sanders, best of skills to you in your fight Friday night. Mark, we'll see you real soon. David, same. Greg, always a pleasure. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Be sure to like uh, Valor, the Valor Hour on our Facebook page. You can keep up with uh, all of our last-minute picks and uh, and you know share share this podcast. Let's, let's keep let's keep this audience growing. Until uh, next week, uh, Tim Lloyd for the Valor Hour signing off. See. You. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer. Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Want to welcome the city ringside, formerly known as Justin Gabriel, the Darewolf, PJ Black. June 7, 2010. For those who forget, that's when uh, NXT attacked Cena and I think CM Punk. And, and, and what made it really, what I thought made it really cool was he just didn't announce the, re- uh, attack the wrestlers or the referees. He attacked, you, you, they laid out everyone, the camera people and the, uh, and the announce team and the ring announcer and the bell guy. And it looked like it was legit, like a bunch of young guys getting pissed off and saying enough is enough which is what wrestling is supposed to be that you know you, you, you want to believe what's going on what did you think about that angle at the time uh, it was great i mean we didn't know what to expect at all 
Um, we got our direction directly from Vince. He called us into the office. He was like, this is what you guys are going to do. And we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, uh, yeah, okay, if that's what you want. <laughs> I mean, we've ne- we, we couldn't picture it. We've never seen that in wrestling. And as you know, from what being in the business yourself for a long time, uh, it's very hard to come up with different unique storylines. You know, everything's kind of recycled or sure. been done before or a version of it. So at that time, it was very unique. So we couldn't like really go back and pull inspiration from somewhere else. So we were like, yeah, okay, we'll just, I guess this is what we'll do. And yeah, and it came off great. People raved about it. Um, in the WWE too, like many people don't realize this at all. Like the backstage guys, there's people that have been working there for 25 to 30 years. You know, like, and they've seen the same stuff over and over. And I, I, I realized that we were doing something special when all those guys came up to us and be like, and they were like, wow, that was some cool shit. I've never seen that in my life. But that's where it started, Miami. I'll never forget that day either. It was so fun. So fun. And I got to hit the 450 on live TV too, which is fantastic, which, uh, I'll be thankful for, for Cena forever because, like, at that time, you know, like, they were kind, kind of cutting back on a lot of, dangerous moves and he insisted that I that I hit that towards the end of that uh, invasion or attack or whatever you want to call it Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcast, Stitcher TuneIn Radio, Google Play and RadioInfluence.com